brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. To Earth. Have you seen the symbols in sleep or in your mind's eye? Usually in my sleep. And that first time that it happened was in that hotel. I do not remember getting out of bed and walking into the bathroom with a pen in my hotel sheet and doing that. I literally woke up standing there after I had finished. Have the symbols been repeated in addition to the squares and the vertical lines? Yeah, I've seen them again in green. Can you describe that dream? Yeah, it's dark all the way around, and they're being scrolled past from right to left. They're slightly illuminated, like a light blue color. Are you getting any impression of what they are saying in your dream? Something Council of Five, I believe. Council of Five, and what are they saying? More of a warning preparation for something, an alert of what may come, or what could come, or what is soon to come, or something to that effect. And they're doing what they can to try to help us. They're almost to the point where they're outnumbered, and we're going to need to assist and get to where we need to be sooner in order to be able to stand a chance. Did you see any humanoids of any shape or size or type in any of your dreams? Yes, ma'am. Which type? Uh, skin similar to ours, however, grayish in color, elongated heads, larger sockets for eyes, larger eyes. In the dream that I was seeing, there was one about where my feet would be, and I could see expressions on its face as a little bit of worry, but was trying to keep me calm. Did you get the telepathic impressions of warning there aren't enough of us, there's more of them, something is going to happen that's going to be a big problem, 
and that these beings have been trying to help and now they can't because they don't have enough numbers versus what is there? Similar, perhaps, but I think it's more along the lines of what we're doing that's going to harm us, such as sending signals out into space is not a safe thing to do, that we have technology that we need to expand on, but it's being kept from everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, behind locked doors or closed doors and only to certain individuals or something to that effect and allow all minds to come together to get things done a little bit quicker. Or what is going to happen? Whatever's going to happen might negatively affect us. I don't know what that might mean though. And if there is a warning or an alert, that would imply that something is coming that may be harmful. I don't know. I know it's something that will affect us here on Earth. Battery low. technology and how we're progressing is together to get things done a little bit quicker. Or what is going to happen? Whatever's going to happen might negatively affect us. I don't know what that might mean, though. And if there is a warning or an alert, that would imply that something is coming that may be harmful. I don't know. I know it's something that will affect us here on Earth. I know that at our current advancement in technology and how we're progressing is happening too slow. And the way to fix that is opening it up and allowing everyone here who is kept in the dark or not being told the information. We need to allow outside minds in, in order to solve the issues that we're having to increase our advancement in technology and speed up our process for advancement. If that doesn't happen, what bad could happen? I really don't have an answer for that. About the Council of Five, Sergeant CJ told me he had never heard about it outside of the dream. When you Google ET, or Alien Council of Five. This is one of the websites that comes up that lists five alleged alien races that include, all caps, E-M-E-R-T-H-E-R, Emerther. The website Alien Axioms describes the Emerther as, quote, one of the founder races of the Council of Five, ancient and more advanced on many levels than most cosmic intelligences, Allegedly, it was the Emerther that wanted to meet with or did meet with American President Dwight Eisenhower to perhaps discuss atomic bomb tests. The Emerther warned humans that atomic bombs must be stopped because the nuclear blasts were tearing into other dimensions. The website states without giving sources, quote, very little is known about the five alien races that make up the Council of Five. These five races have been protecting Earth and humans for a long time, and they last met together on this planet in 1944. Close quote. I asked Sergeant CJ why he thought advanced intelligences would be communicating with Earth humans in binary code. And he replied, quote, well, maybe it's like the yin and yang symbol of black and white. So zeros and ones can be used all over the universe to communicate, close quote. 
on Earth, this is what standard ASCII 8-bit binary code looks like. It starts with the number 0, which is equivalent to the 8 characters 0011 space 0000. Capital letters are different from lowercase letters. Punctuations such as periods and commas each have their own 8-bit code designators. I had Sergeant C.J. squares and ones translated. Here is the first page showing how letters and words emerge in ASCII binary code. Continuous protection of humanity, 49 degrees, 27 minutes north, 11 degrees, 5 minutes east, expose hidden knowledge to all, all, all caps. Citizens, advancement imperative for planetary survival. Beware of Orion 1350.3 and Z reticuli 39.1 question mark. The question mark is from the translator. Then the number 70, avoid. And the bracket signal was an interpretation by the translator. It said, avoid messages sent. Now here is the whole translation for all of the squares and lines. Sergeant C.J. wrote on the back of that Motel 6 letter size receipt in Paducah, Kentucky. Continuous protection of humanity, 49 degrees, 27 minutes north, 11 degrees, 5 minutes east. Expose hidden knowledge to all citizens. Advancement imperative for planetary survival. Beware of Orion 1350.3 and Z reticuli 39.1 question mark 70. Avoid messages sent. And now we know the numbers 1350.3. And 39.1 question mark 70 do have a match in the distance from the Earth to the Orion Nebula, which is 1,350 light years from Earth. And to the binary star system of Zeta Reticuli, that is 39.17 light years from Earth. Earlier references to Zeta Reticuli 1 first turned up in the 1961 Betty and Barney Hill abduction in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. That was the first worldwide reported human abduction by gray alien beings. Betty Hill said one of the gray entities showed her a three-dimensional hologram of stars that had connecting lines that the gray telepathically downloaded into Betty's mind were trade routes connecting some star systems in our arm of the Milky Way galaxy. Instead of solid lines, some stars were connected by dash lines. The gray being telepath to Betty that those were exploration routes and that our sun and solar system were being explored. The last line, avoid messages sent, seems to relate to Sergeant C.J.'s dream information about the danger of Earth sending out SETI signals without knowing who is on the other end. That same warning came in 2015 from Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and physicist Stephen Hawking 
about both SETI and relying too much on artificial intelligence. Let's go back to the first line that says, continuous protection of humanity, 49 degrees, 27 minutes north, and 11 degrees, 5 minutes east. If that latitude and longitude are supposed to be a location on Earth where ETs from the Council of Five are supposed to be protecting humans, how odd that it turns out to be town center of Nuremberg, Germany. Nuremberg was a significant city for the Nazis in World War II, and the location of the international war crime trials after the war ended. But Nuremberg was also famous more than 400 years ago in 1561, when immense black cylinders appeared in an early dawn sky and released many strange smaller blue, black, red, and orange spheres, rods, and crosses. Many people watched the aerial machines clash in battle above a great black spear that remained stationary for the entire hour-long conflict. Some UFOs crashed and burned. You can see it in the lower right of this famous woodcut by German artist Hans Glaser. So who in that aerial UFO battle might have been protecting humanity, as stated in the Sergeant C.J. binary code, quote, continuous protection of humanity, close quote. What could the battle be about? Now let's go deeper into binary code messages by comparing Sergeant CJ's string of zeros and ones to Sergeant Jim Penniston's back on December 26, 1980. That was the night that Sergeant Penniston with Airman First Class John Burroughs and Airman Ed Cavanza were ordered into Rendlesham Forest, England to investigate strange colored lights moving around in the tall forest on civilian land that ran along RAF Bentwater's Woodbridge. That was then NATO's largest airbase. This is a page one of the binary code written down by Sergeant Penniston after he touched the raised symbols on the surface of a mysterious black glassy triangular craft on the forest ground. The red vertical lines mark off the groups of eight zeros and ones to match against the ASCII code translation for letters and numbers. At the right is the summary translation and this is now Sergeant Penniston in 1980. Exploration of humanity. Unclear. And then numbers and then the number 8100. This is page two of Penniston's binary code that translates to a latitude and longitude and in all caps the word continuous. Page three translates in all caps for planetary advance, fourth coordinate continuous CEPR question mark. We don't know what that is. The word before. And then page five, Penniston binary code after the word before. Penniston's writing stops. End of transmission. After those first five pages of code were translated, Penniston then released one more batch of zeros and ones. This is Penniston's personally approved and official release 
of his binary code translation that adds six latitude and longitude coordinates for Caracal, Belize, Sedona, Arizona, the Great Pyramid of Giza, Egypt, the Nazca Lines of Peru, Taishan Q, China, where the green symbols were on that UFO, the Temple of Apollo in Naxos, Greece. And then came these words, Eyes of your eyes, in all caps. And then a repeat of the controversial latitude-longitude that some interpret as being high Brazil, mythical off the western coast of Ireland, or Woodbridge, England. And in the last line, the number 8100 is repeated as, all caps, origin year 8100. If you subtract Earth Year 1980 from 8100, you get 6,120 years, perhaps in the future, for the time travelers. But Penniston, in hypnosis, said that he was telepath that they were from 40,000 years in our future. But it can also be argued that the time travelers from a distant future were not referring to Earth-based 365-day year cycles of time. It is also important to understand that Sergeant Penniston did not have any decimal placements in his string of zeros and ones in his notebook. So each latitude and longitude could be any one of 24 possibilities, according to an astronomer, Mike Reed, who did the original binary translations. For example, in the second line, latitude and longitude, when a decimal was tried in a different position than the high Brazil option, it precisely matched the town center of Woodbridge, not far from the airbase and Rendlesham Forest. The scientists felt strongly the Woodbridge option made more sense because the black triangle craft, if it's a time travel device, it would likely be emitting a continuous stream of location information to whoever sent the black triangle to Rendlesham Forest. Astronomer Reed thought that land options were more logical than oceans. But the ancient aliens' producers preferred the mythical ocean idea of High Brazil since it fit with their ancient aliens' theme. High Brazil was supposed to be an ancient island west of Ireland that only appeared once every seven years. Adding to its mystery were the tales of people in boats who tried to reach the island, but they never could. However, astronomer Mike Reed argued that the Woodbridge Town Center was so close to where the black glassy triangular craft and its symbols were telepathically sending the binary code into Sergeant Penniston's mind that Town Center Woodbridge made sense to him. Let's now compare Sergeant CJ's first June 30th, 2016 binary translation on the top with... Sergeant Penniston's first binary release from his December 26, 1980 encounter. The words that stand out as similar are continuous, humanity, advanced planetary survival. Another warning about planetary survival came in this binary code discovered in a wheat field 
next to Crabwood Cops in the village of Pitt near Winchester, Hampshire, England, on August 15, 2002. The gray alien head and binary code disc is in front of BBC Winchester's tall broadcast antenna, and those 60 thin horizontal lines are thought to simulate an early 20th century TV broadcast. The implications seem to be that the crop formation was a reply to Earth TV signals. The start of the Crabwood August 15, 2002 binary spiral of code begins 0100 space 0010, which equals the capital letter B. The entire ASCII 8-bit translation of the Crabwood spiral binary code is Beware the bearers of false gifts and their broken promises. Much pain, but still time. Believe misspelled. There is good out there. We oppose deception, all caps. Conduit closing, close quote. But was the warning from the alien depicted in the wheat holding the binary disc? Or was the warning about the alien in the wheat pattern? The three star-like objects on the alien's shoulder resemble the famous Orion Belt stars, so many people think there is a threat from something associated with the Orion constellation. Then, in early 2016, came a retired Navy whistleblower, William Mills Tompkins, who said that from World War II on for several years, he worked building scale models of UFOs and learned that the United States government had extraterrestrial allies that protected humanity and Earth from marauding, bullying, humanoid reptilians that originated in the constellations Orion and Draco. A similar message was repeated 13 years later on June 23, 2015, near the airport of Turin, Italy, also known as Torino, the city is where Jesus Christ's alleged burial shroud is kept. Geneticist Horace Drew, Ph.D. from Sydney, Australia, tackled these very difficult rings of binary code that included 128 small circles in straight lines between 16 triangular rays of the outermost ring. His binary translation of that outer ring is, Beware E.T. Bearing Gifts. Dr. Drew said the Torino, Italy, June 23, 2015, summer solstice sweep pattern, quote, It looks like a clock, where we have to rotate the inner wheel to match the outer wheel, close quote. Even though the inner ring binary code is not clear, Dr. Drew thinks some of it warns about a Trojan horse event coming to Earth. He wonders if the Trojan horse is an invasion attack by non-humans from Orion and Zeta Reticuli, warned about also in Sergeant CJ's binary code of June 30th, 2015. And that was only seven days after the Torino, Italy warning. Sergeant CJ did receive more telepathic downloads coming into his head at night. He said the squares and lines came faster than before, so it was hard for him to write it all down. He also could see that some of the squares were darkened, and he managed to get some of the new communication written down, along with his comments about what was happening. 
From October 27th to the first week of January 2016, Sergeant CJ was waking up a lot, yelling. I talked with his wife, and she said he would wake her up talking loudly and was often, often saying a string of numbers. She told me near... Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Her tears, how much it scared her, and she wanted it to stop. Sergeant CJ said he was trying to concentrate on the dark shadings in the squares that he hadn't been able to copy before because the images moved too fast in his mind's eye, moving right to left. But finally, he thought that he was getting some of it in these new pages. Dr. Drew researched binary codes, and he found this one at thinkersmith.org. They use squares that are either clear or blackened to represent ones and zeros. Horace Drew applied it to Sergeant CJ's new pages. On the far left of this graphic, Dr. Drew's binary translations are in red letters going vertically down the page next to matching binary code spelling the first word imminent. Imminent threat soon upon Earth's leaders and civilizations. Expose and disband hidden knowledge to all citizens. Employ safe and controlled joint study to all minds. Progression imperative for combined survival. Embrace this, and there was a space, vessel threat, and then the number 000, and then the word journey, followed by brackets around a 12, followed by LY, which on Earth, LY is used by astronomers to mean light year, 12 light years. And then Ike's, is that President Eisenhower? Ike's embedded citizens are ready, A-I-S, C-L-O-S-E, the word evolve, followed by six ones. We don't understand it, but that's the literal ASCII code. Then, Royal Emerther, Emerther all caps, 
warning expose foreign technology to all evolutionary advancement needed to prevent takeover bracket the number three and a single quote mark in the last paragraph is that all caps word emerther that on the web is associated with an alien council of five then on february 18 2016 sergeant cj found that he had added five new lines of squares and lines without darkening any of them sergeant cj emailed me quote it was fast and i was unsure if i drew them down correctly it felt like it was not meant for me to write them and i felt weird about it like it was not clear enough for me i just did the best i could and i figured it was probably all messed up or wrong they are the only ones i have had since i sent you photos of my notebook i could not darken the boxes and lines because they were moving too fast and i was having a hard time concentrating there was much more to it but i could not keep up concentrating close quote I sent them to Dr. Drew and what he sent back was a surprise. There were five clumps of letters in five unknown words. Dr. Drew did know that the last two letters KI originally met Earth in ancient Sumerian. And the letters and the words are Nabu-Rakbu capital H Larak Sanu Ki. I sent the five words to Professor Joshua Jeffers, PhD, research specialist, Royal Inscriptions of the Neo-Assyrian Period Project at the University of Pennsylvania in the Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology, Babylonian Section, Philadelphia. Here is his March 24, 2016 reply. The first two words and the fourth word look to be Akkadian and not Sumerian. The first could be the god Nabu, but without the cuneiform, it is difficult to say since there is no divine classifier as it's known before the word Nabu. Well, what is Nabu? Nabu was one of the three most important gods in Sumeria. Nabu was the keeper of the tablets of destiny that recorded humanity's fate. He was son of Marduk and grandson of Enki Ea of the Anunnaki. Nabu's grandfather, Ea, is the creator and protector of humanity because Ea created humans out of clay to be worker slaves for the Mesopotamian gods. But the supreme god Enlil was irritated by the noise that humans made, apparently because we aren't telepathic and we have to talk out loud. So Enlil wanted to destroy Ea's human slave creation with a devastating flood. But Ea realized what Enlil was up to and got a friend to build an ark so that humanity could escape God Enlil's act of annihilation. Professor Jeffers continues, quote, "The second word rakbu would be the noun rider." from the verb rakabu to ride frequently meant upon a horse or chariot the middle third word could possibly be the word for the city of larsa in southern mesopotamia today modern iraq written out phonetically it should be larag without a doubled a but the h is nonsensical for sumerian and akkadian and is puzzling the fourth word sanu 
could be an infinitive of the verb to do again, or a second time, or even to be different and strange. And the fifth word, key, by itself can be Sumerian and would mean earth or land. Close quote from the professor at the University of Pennsylvania. The precise meaning of the five Mesopotamian words remain unclear. Sergeant CJ is waiting to see if he has any more telepathic downloads that might explain more about these Sumerian and Akkadian words. All right, everybody, welcome to part two of channeling. Equal, and is it aliens, is it spirits, is it what the fuck is this shit? And today's actually going to be about that topic, not back and forth, a whole bunch of different topics. And going forward, uh, you know, I said I had a goal yesterday of finding out stuff about opiates and shit like that. And uh, that's definitely one of my goals. The next goal that directly pertains to this, because this channel is not about how to start your opiatic system, so your opiate receptors are getting uh, the regular natural opiate created by the body's endorphin system to work. Um, however, I think this has lots to do with the brain, magic, um, your state, your emotions, and shit like that. And, you know, if you can control this, well, then you can keep yourself happy all the time without drugs and antidepressants and the like. And, you know, likewise, you can teach people who are because of shit to get off shit and stuff like that. So, but, once again, it's not what I'm up here to talk about today. And I'm going to show you off that. But my other goal, like I said, is going to be to stay on topic to topic, you know. And if I bounce onto a topic, I'm going to keep a pad with me when I write. Sorry, when I uh, record, and I'm going to mark down the idea that I have and try to go back to the previous idea, and this way I can stick to some kind of structure so that it's not so all over the place, because, you know, there's often times I finish my episode, I listen back, and it's like, holy fuck, I never finished that point, never got to that point. Sometimes, by the end of the episode, they get back to the point, but not always. And then on top of that, yesterday, I even made it worse by going the recordings on real fast because my wife wanted to go out somewhere to eat supper and I went and had just one beer not even finishing it but um so we went out and we went out and uh yeah so I threw all my recordings on there and put a picture on there of a moon spacecraft and then I fucking uh left and when I got back I noticed that the 42 copy recording because there are two recordings of 25 minutes each Oh, initially it was one recording that I split into to send it to my computer, uh, where I record, um, I recently fixed Um, I, uh, um, I re- realized that it was at the bottom, and when I went to put it up, that part of the show had already passed by. So, I then took the wrong recording and played the last 30 seconds of it, because it did not make any sense. Um, it didn't make any sense anyways, but anyways... So, I just want to apologize for that. That part was supposed to um, be around the part where I was talking about the woman uh, who had the fake ascension um, symptoms. It was supposed to be after that segment, and then after, right after that segment, it, um, and it, like with my show structure, and then it went right to talking about opiates and shit like that. And so, the last part was supposed to tackle 
anyways, I can't really explain it. It's all fucked up. But anyways, I just want to apologize for that. And I, I am looking at fixing all that, um, restructuring it, potentially re-recording the whole episode probably sometime this week, or just replaying it the way it was supposed to play to make more sense. But it's really, you know, all the information's there. You know, you can kind of figure out what's what. It's really an episode not about much to be bouncing all around, and that's kind of why... You know, today I'm going to try hard to stick to the same fucking topic um, because that kind of shit pisses me off that I, I can't even stay on one subject. You know, it's okay to have other subjects pop in your head and explore them a little bit. as like a little sidebar, side tangent, whatever. But then whenever, um, whenever it's time to, uh, when it's time to, you know, go back to the subject... Instead of going by the subject, I leap on to four more other subjects, and it's just, it's just, you know, it's too much. So, um, I just wanted to apologize for, you know, my very much ADD episode yesterday, not hitting on what I titled the show, and even worse, fucking up the order of my recording, so my bad. Um, I'll make it up, I'll put all the links in this new episode that I'm taping now for yesterday's episode and today's episode, since I had such a big title for yesterday, and description. And I will also, you know, try to find some books that are relevant to the show, and some even more other books, so, last few episodes, I don't know if I put them on after, during, before, whenever, but I have a bunch of books on there for different things, if you haven't checked out those descriptions and books. Make sure you do so. Obviously, they're all PDF form. But, you know, reading's reading, and, you know, you can save that to tablet, computer, iPod, iPod, iPhone, whatever you're listening on. And, you know, if it's a new enough thing, you can actually have it read to you while you're doing shit. You don't have to actually sit down and read the book. If you have, you know, an ink cartridge or money to buy an ink cartridge, you can print up the papers and read it like that, which is something I suggest if you have trouble reading off of a phone because of lights and sensitivities and especially with all the energies coming in the earth lately or wherever they're coming from because man my car acts haywire and i love my car sophia i'm in it right now i feel so much comfortable more recording in here the more i record though in here um like i said when i record when i speak when i do this it's my channeling process it's one of my main channeling processes the other times i do it either in my kitchen or near my temple or my altar, rather, and, uh, you know, those places are already kind of weird with energies and things flying around, like, just before I left, there's no one near the bridge, I was near the stove, and they're pretty far apart from each other, and one of those late air fresheners just fucking fell, flew off the bridge, and not just, like, fell as if there was a vibration, because it was near the edge, which it wasn't, I mean, it was close to the edge, but not where it would have fell, where it was, if it would have fell over, it should have landed and stayed on the bridge, but... So it went pretty far across the table. So, you know, a lot of weird things happen like that lately. And, you know, I could say that's, oh, maybe that's my love and my spirit. But it's not. There's some energies around me. I'm the one bringing these energies in. I'm the one aware of all the supernatural energies, entities. The more you look, I listen to this alien shit, the more this shit happens, too. Um, because we should be told. And, you know, it's just it's what it is. There's no reason to be fearless. I go to lock my doors on the driver's side. I can't. It'll never lock for me. I have to use actually the key thing to lock it. Or my wife pushes the button in the lock. And my wife's in the car without me, and the doors are fine. But when I'm in the car, it's continuously locking and unlocking all by itself. So I'll take my word for that. I don't care if you do or don't. It just is what it is. But anyway, so that's enough of a little intro. 
I'm going to have to get right into it right now, as you can hear. That's my seatbelt thing dinging, because I don't believe more in seatbelts. It's not really a belief, it's just, you know, to me, putting on seatbelts is just me identifying that, you know, I don't trust my driving. I'm more likely to get an accident than I trust my driving. But, the other side of the point is, I can trust my driving, but someone might hit me. But, I tend to be aware and control my own reality to the point where I don't. Uh, I'm free from any danger on the road. Uh, so, for me, I don't need anything else on. But, that's, that's, that's besides the point. Uh, so, I hope everybody uh, could or somehow saw what they need from the last episode. And this one will be even more so, more important. Funny, the seatbelt thing has been danged in a while because I said that. This is the kind of shit I'm talking about. Um, and it normally goes every 30 seconds. We're looking at it at least almost a minute now. It hasn't made a beat. So that's pretty fucking cool if you ask me. And more proof of what I'm saying about the whole energy thing, guys. So if you didn't believe me, well, now you can believe me because I'm still fucking driving. This is me opening the window. There you go. You can hear the sound from the window now. Here I am. Here's the flicker of me turning into or on. Oh, now my window won't go back up. Oh, shit. Why'd I do that? Oh, there you heard that door lock. Hey, that wasn't me doing it either. Oh. And now she's dinging. Oh, that's only one thing, though. What the fuck is going on? I love it. Anyway, paranormal activity right here alive, everybody. One other one thing, too. It's only a ding, ding, ding. Everybody knows that. Anyway, so, what the pull of my wife's work? Oh, there it is. Wow, that's like a five-minute delay. That's fucking sick. Anyway, sorry about that, guys. ADD again. But I'm just trying to prove that I'm not lying about this shit. I got some magical energy around me, but I'm not going to take credit for it. That's the best way to get stopped. You thank the spirits that are around you, that are doing this to you, for you, through you, and, you know, you move on and you ask them for help. And this is how you stay humble. This is how you stay getting your powers. This is how your powers stay within you and how they keep working for you. So, yeah, don't ever uh, take the credit for something you didn't do. Always give the credit to whoever deserves it, and they will keep doing it. They will keep impressing other people for you. They will keep impressing you. And you'll never have to worry about a goddamn thing. But the minute you think you are doing it, the minute you say, I mean, and you can say you're a god if you want. Not that I do, because I don't. I have to walk again. But um, you can say that. And just, but don't take credit for things that you aren't doing as a god or things that you might be, um, things that you know you didn't do, you know? If you ask for something to happen, and it happened. Well, you know, you could misconstrue that and think you did it, but, you know, just just thank whoever. And if you don't know who did it, just say thank you. And, you know, even if it's not something else out there and that's not part of your belief, well, then I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, I'm going to start reading what I wrote and then expanding upon that and try to stick to the structure thing. So we're going to start going here in a few more moments there. It's going to do some, do some of a supper for all my fucking children. But after that, I'm all fucking yours. Alright, so, everybody, thank you for tuning in once again. I love the spikes I get on Saturdays, Sundays, Mondays, and viewers listening. It's fucking sick. But anyways, what the fuck's going on? So, I already gave my introduction. Now, before I get into my notes, I want to read a few things that I wrote down. Some were recent, some not so recent. Um, but they're all similar... And has something to do with today. Um, what am I going to be talking about today? So, first thing, and this is just random, but 
because my belief is that aliens, spirits, demons, angels, entities, deities, mythologies such as Greek, Norse, Roman, the like, uh, the Vikings, the fucking uh, Tuan Denara, or Denara, all the different lores and spiritualities and different shit like that, okay? Um, I can't say all because I don't think they all are uh, similarly from alien contact. And I don't want to make the assumption that I believe that aliens are the same as gods. However, there's a reason we refer to the planets as heavenly bodies, space. We look above us instinctively at the heavens for heaven. Now, whether or not space is heaven, if you believe in landing, moon landings and shit like that, doesn't look like fucking heaven up there to me. So, but whereas it's probably more likely to be in your mind. However, Mesopotamia, Sumeria, Atlantean stories, and the Bible, all these old stories, creation stories, and whatever, different old fucking cutiform, uh, emerald tablets, all these different things, all the way to, you know, after Christ, Renaissance, you know, all these ages right up until today. I think... I strongly think and believe that anybody getting channeled messages or messages from any being, whether it's an alien, whether it's energy, whether it's a dream, whether it's prophetic, whether it's Jesus Christ, the devil, Lucifer, Satan, doesn't matter. All these stem from the same place. So it's not necessarily that aliens are gods, but I think wherever these spiritual messages come from are all the same. And then... The way it takes shape or form, whether the person says, I got a message from Jesus, or I got a message from an alien, or I got a message from Lucifer, or I got a message from Satan. That all depends on whatever that fuck that person learned. If they grew up Catholic, they're going to say it's Jesus or God, Moses, whoever, one of the motherfuckers from the Bible. If they grew up Satanic, Luciferian, and whether you think that is what you were taught it was growing up Christian, or if you believe what it is, what it actually is, doesn't matter. And it's going to come in a different form, like I previously said. If you are a scientist or involved in NASA and believe those things, then if you get a message, whether you're in the military or not, you might think it's from aliens. Um, there's a lot of info out there uh, claiming crop circles may not necessarily be from aliens, but from energies in the ground. Um, and I'll go over that in a future episode. Point is, I'm not stating that the Bible, everybody in the Bible are aliens or um, higher life forms that people think are extraterrestrials or fly around in UFOs. But nonetheless, that's a possibility. And But more likely, whatever these things are, aliens, gods, deities, superheroes, um, entities, forces, ghosts, spirits, ethereal, etheric, whatever, all these ways we have to define these beings. These are our way of putting a label on these things that we can't explain or understand. We don't know what the fuck they are, so we make up terms to explain it. And people buy into it, and you know, sometimes generations go by, and then everybody believes in the same fucking thing. Then all of a sudden, a new generation comes out saying something new, Sometimes they start getting killed, claim they're witches or whatever, burnt at the stake. But then it 
takes on and most people start believing and getting away from the old-fashioned form. But, you know, it's just their new way of interpreting it that might be more beneficial than the old way. And, you know, then that might get lost or stamped out or killed or murdered. But then, you know, it comes back. You can never kill it or die. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the right way. It just might be a better way, easier way, or maybe a little more precise way than using someone else's opinion, um, such as the Bible. So anyways, this is something I wrote about the Bible, and it's not a very nice thing to say. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Say about the Bible, but I hope you uh, just think about it with an open mind. Since I'm reading shit that I wrote, channeled, whatever you want to call it. All right, so the Bible is a strange book. Old Testament is pretty dark where... The God in that Bible says he does both good and evil, which I actually like, by the way. That's a, I like that he actually makes a distinction. And to me, that's actually proof of balance and not necessarily, you know, because a lot of people think he's bad. A lot of people think he's all benevolent. And the fact that, you know, in the Bible, it says that he does both good and bad. Did I not prove it? Did good and bad? Was it not me that killed those people? Was it not me that gave unto Solomon all the whatever? Anyways. Um, uh, he does both good and evil and proves it. He kills and he gives. He gives Solomon what he asked. And, you know, uh, he, uh, Solomon asked to lead his people in the best, um, fair and just way. Um, so basically wisdom is what he was kind of asking for. And because he didn't ask for money, you know, riches, um, wisdom, women, long lasting life, a big fucking castle, um, God said, okay, I'll give you what you want, which is wisdom, but I'll also give you women, long-lasting life, riches, and a big fucking castle, and I'll make you the best king for centuries. So that's what Solomon got, and, you know, ceremonial magic is based on King Solomon, which is a character from the Bible, but not so much from the Bible. Writings is just not what, exactly what we use. But anyways, it's just an example of how God can give. He sends an angel down to give to Solomon. But then in other stories, you know, um, he told, uh, I'm sorry, um, 
all I ever give is um, but he floods places, um, he's fled the whole fucking earth, killed everybody off, or, you know, except for a few people, you know, picking, like, one family, and, you know, two of each animal, and the rest are fucking dead, you know, that's pretty harsh, um, um, uh, he burns other places, like Babylon, people turning into fucking pillars of fucking ash, basically, um, shit like that, um, what else, um, oh, and, you know, he tells his people to kill, rape, take over other places, you know, have slaves, etc. So, that's pretty harsh once again. And then in the New Testament, you know, he sends Jesus, I guess, to help people choose and learn correctly, you know, since uh, they're far from, you know, his love and grace and, you know, because Garden of Eden, he's speaking directly to man, and then from there... He banishes Adam and Eve and so pissed off that he gives Eve harsh child labor and a bunch of other really nasty things. You got to only read for yourself if you want to believe it. But, you know, but goes from just talking directly to them. And then, you know, Noah, he talks to Moses, he talks to. But the further along you go in the Bible, he's only picking certain people to talk to where you get to Jesus time. And it's been a while since there's been a prophet or any fucking shits that God's talking to. So, you know. You're pretty far away, so sends Jesus down. But apparently John the Baptist is, I think it's Isaiah or Jeremiah. I guess it's Isaac. Anyways, there's a prophet that was supposed to come before Jesus, according to the Bible, if you believe such things. And, you know, um, apparently that John the Baptist was a reincarnation of that, and Jesus says that, and it proves it in the Dead Sea Scrolls and shit like that, blah, 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 blah. But anyways, so... Jesus comes down, and he is basically an incarnation of God. Him and God are the same, apparently, but, you know, in human form, and to teach and all that, and shit like that. So, he comes down, and he teaches that, no, the Old Testament God, that's, that, that was okay for that time, but that's not how the Father is. My Father is your Father. He's all our fathers. He is me, and, you know, he's forgiving. He loves you. And, you know, I come down here to stop people from going to either purgatory, which actually purgatory was proven that that was a concept created later on when they were trying to mix paganism or stamp out paganism and witchcraft and for Christianity to take over. But that was created fucking, I want to say either 800 AD or in the thousands AD. I forget the book I read it in and, you know, take that for what it is. I mean, just books tell you stuff and we have to believe it or we don't. So it is what it is, but you know, there are some actual evidence that says purgatory wasn't in the Bible and you can, you can read it for yourself. And then in the way you do that is you read the old versions that before the translations or uh, decipher them, translate them from Latin, Aramaic or Hebrew into our language. And you'll see that there was no purgatory in the old words. And then they were redone to add those words in them in the newer versions, starting from most of the time, 1611 with the King James version when the letters J, V, and W were added to the alphabet. But prior to that, J, V, and W weren't even letters. I've already went over that. So anyways, but that's what Jesus came down for. And to prove that God is now a forgiving person, not the same as the Old Testament, well, he has to kill his son, Jesus. And that proves that, see, I am forgiving. I forgive all you fuckers, but I got to kill my son to forgive all you fuckers. So that's what he does. He kills his son. So he forgives everybody, and now the gates of heaven are open because Jesus died, went to hell, and resurrected and went up to heaven. And that's how we know that God is a benevolent God. And, you know, so the, the, the New Testament paints a pretty nice picture because the Old Testament's pretty shitty. 
But Book of Revelation, you should give that bitch a read because whew, that's some dark shit. And it all depends on how you interpret it. But actually, it doesn't matter how you interpret it. Basically, end of times are going to come, which people keep saying are coming now, which is just bullshit, by the way. Another mistranslation. It's not the end of time. It's the end of the age. Age of uh, Pisces. Now we're in the age of Aquarius. And that's all that meant. It's meant ion or age, not the end of time. But anyways, let's believe that they're right. And it's the end of time that's about to happen and is coming. And according to Jesus, when the end of time comes, well... This is where you have to interpret it the way you want to interpret it. Either something happens, and basically which means God sends a flood or fire or something that kills all of us. And then we're all like souls still trapped here, kind of like purgatory or whatever you want to believe. And then him and Jesus and Satan, I guess, or Holy Mary or Holy Spirit or whatever, maybe all of them, big fucking party. And the archangels are all behind them and the demons are on the other side and they split us up. And, you know, the good ones go with God and the bad ones go with the demons and the devil. Or we're all alive and Jesus and God and the rest of those fuckers come back, kill us, and then take our souls to either heaven or hell. So, and this is what I wrote, basically. I've been paraphrasing, but this is still my own writing and I'm paraphrasing my own writing. But um, I'm going to read the last few last lines uh, here. So... Um, after till then as well and everyone is excited for this um, hold on one second alright <coughs> so every time I hear of doomsday predictions or end of times whether it's from anybody who believes in the bible or other people that don't talking about ETs coming end of the world scenarios all this shit it's like if they're promoting revelation and you know that shit it's like Really? You're excited for this shit? Because no matter how I look at that, it's dark. It's fucking dark. And I mean, I don't believe in any of that shit's going to happen because it's all bullshit. It's all often mistranslations and meant to create fear. But the people that believe in that or that God, Jesus, all these fuckers, even Satan. I mean, you want this to happen? You want them to kill you and all your family and then, you know, decide which ones get to go where? I mean, I don't know. That's fucked up to me. So to put your belief in that book... And believe in that story. And believe that's what's about to happen. I mean, that's not for me. But if you go by the facts and you read that book in the right sense or the wrong sense, it doesn't matter. What's going to happen is fucked up either fucking way. So my advice, what I wrote here, was to don't, uh, don't fucking ask for those things to happen. Don't be fucking cheering on et's or doomsday predictions or any of this shit because you know the more you put your energy into that or just watch that shit the more likely that shit is about to happen or that outcome may happen so don't put your energy into that shit no more because you know that's fucked up but anyways that was an old thing i wrote a long time ago channeled message or whatever you want to call it i didn't channel shit just me writing automatic writing Ugh. but I thought it was relevant for what I'm about to talk about, all these alien shits that are going on and how to interpret it the right way and where are they coming from. So I want you guys to have that in the back of the mind when I go through some of this other crap after. It's just the fact that, you know, that's some pretty dark stuff. Even when it gets lighter, it gets pretty dark at the end and it's a fucked up scenario. All right, so let's keep going here and I'll give you another couple ideas I had. Now, um... All right, so where did I start? I kind of write in these sporadic orders, starting at the bottom of the page, one at the top. And sometimes I just write from right to left. 
And as long as I even do that with the pages and I didn't have my book. So these are like little random pages. This one was from actually today. Whereas that one I read you was from a few days ago. Well, it was a thought from two days ago and I finished it up today. But anyways, so, all right. So book of Enoch. Okay. I want you to think about the word Enoch. E-N-O-C-H. Okay. Um, Enochian. All right. Um, uh, Enoch was Noah's dad. Okay, so what did Noah create? Noah created an ark, right? A-R-C, maybe A-R-C-H. Enoch, ark, okay. Um, his dad became an archangel. And this is where I throw in a twist here just to make you think. And, you know, I have no way of knowing this, but or archon. <laughs> or an archangel, an archon. And... D, which would be John D, um, Queen Elizabeth's astrologer, and others. There were some others before him, and I can't remember their names, but there was other places, maybe not necessarily before him, maybe after him, but I think it was before. Um, this is something I heard from... Um, anyways, uh, I'll play it for you if I find it, and if not, well, take my word for it, or if don't, figure it out yourself. Um, John D and others figure it out. Enochian, or Archon, the angel language. Um, Arconian, <laughs> um, a language in which may be Anunnakian. Okay, now just follow me on this. Okay, so the book of Enoch equals Enochian. Let's just say that, um, which, you know, was taken out of the Bible. Well, why is that? Well, and it, Enoch, a person, becomes an archangel. And is that a way to tell us that that might be true? That we can ascend into angels? Do we evolve? I don't know. I'm just saying shit. So Enoch knows that. Already said that. Turned into an angel. John D. Created, intercepted, decoded, translated a language called Enochian or Enochian tablets. All right. And what was what was Enoch? Well, Enoch was uh, a man who turned into an angel. And what is Enochian? Well, it's the Angling, ang- uh, that language of the angels. Okay. And now to me, like I just said, the Anunnaki. Or Enoch or Enochian, um, all these things sound very similar, okay? And now you don't have to take my word for that. You don't have to say, well, you know, that's kind of a stretch putting the Anunnaki with Enoch, you know. You're talking about archons and Anunnaki, okay? Those both start with an A, and then the Ark from Noah, and you add that Archangel Metatron, which is Enoch now, okay, whatever, maybe. But to say that the Enochians or the archons are actually angels, uh, the Anunnaki are angels, that's a little bit of a stretch. Well, um, if you actually look at a definition of Anunnaki, and I heard this from, I think his name is Jim Mars. Um, Anunnaki, is, uh, there's a translation for it. There's many now, but one of the older translation is of uh, it's um, heavenly beings or beings from the heaven or angel, angelic beings. Something to that effect is actually the translation, translation of Anunnaki. Now, this is before New Age. So if you look at certain Bibles now, you have something that deals with mythical demonic spirits or shit like that but if you look at older bibles older versions not bibles sorry older dictionaries you will see what i just said that anunnaki comes from root words of enoki and um it comes from enoch and archangel metatron and just means angelic realms just like archon could be an archangel could be anyways i'm just you know angel they say that word comes from l it's an, um, it's the, uh, it's different demonic things from L, and this is how they justify 
the angels that were around before the Bible say they're demonic spirits because they come from El, which is something bad apparently, but it's not. It's from Egyptian and a few other mythologies, which I think refers to the moon or Jupiter, other things depending on where you look. Um, but like uh, Israel is Isis, Ra, and El, right? So El is one of the darker ones within that. Because um, Ra and Isis are the parents, and then El wouldn't be the sun because that's Orion or Horus, sorry. Then I think Orion comes after that. But point is, um, you know, things that we can turn into good things, they turn into bad things, and then they make their own of the same things, and shit gets all fucked up. But anyways, this is something I, I wrote that I thought was a little funny. Because... I was listening to something, um, I think it was, and you'll hear it later, more possibly, I, I recorded quite a few of uh, Truth Hunters and different things like that, and within it, there's many programs, you know, they talk about these black op programs, and one of which was uh, Project Stargate, and it was a remote viewing project through CIA, and you know, this is around the time of testing LSD, and different drugs and shit like that. But, you know, from remote viewing, from what I know, and take this for what it is. It's sleet fucking whistleblowers that could be fake, it could be real, and it could be, you know, versions of both to differing degrees. So, but what I find uh, fascinating is when I hear Stargate, I see Stargate, and then I see Lionsgate, because those are both um, things that happen. I worked in a movie theater um, and when I was working in the movie theater, my girlfriend at the time was also working at Blockbuster. So we watched a lot of fucking movies and I got a picture imagination, like I've explained. And, you know, I see Stargate, I see Lionsgate. Um, and you know, when I think of Lionsgate and this is what I wrote here, um, uh, I forget where I wrote it. Let me see. Okay. Lionsgate, Stargate, Lion is Leo, Leo um, not always, but the majority of stars, what I mean by stars, I mean celebrities, um, that we have birth charts for have, um, have Leo as either their ascendant, which a lot of them do. And I don't know what the, the, the amount is, but anywhere from 55 to 65%, which is a big percent when you think about the stars, okay, have Leo as an ascendant. And then the other ones have Leo um, there are some without Leo having a profound thing in it, but you know, almost every time Leo will either have something like Jupiter expanding it, you know, and it'll be in a house where it has to do with either its persona, its talent, something to that effect, okay? And you know, it'll have the other ones will have Leo in a place on the chart and within a house, obviously, and with the signs coordinating, you know, making it. Having something to do with being an actor, uh, having an actor, being an actor is a job, being a good um, person who can act well, you know, fake well, lie well, whatever, those things. Um, that will be, as in most of the charts, if you look up people, and it's not always just movie stars, it could be celebrities like singers that also star in things like Madonna, she's got similar attributes, you know, whatever, blah, 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 so on and so forth, so... So anyways, um, when I heard that Stargate is a, um, was a code or a black ops thing where people were doing remote viewing for CIA, well, I immediately thought of also Lion Gate. What is Lion Gate? Well, Leo is the sign of the stars, you know. So if you have this in your chart as your ascendant and, you know, or with different planets in there, well, go and look at maybe some of your favorite stars and see where the Leo is 
and see how the current responds to you and see if you can find a star with your similar attributes. And especially if you're interested in acting or improv or shit like that, well then, great, follow that dream, you know? This is a great way to interpret charts. Look at charts that people that you admire, that you know a lot about, whether it's family or friends or stars, and, you know, compare their spots to yours. Instead of writing on YouTube, like I suggested you, where your placements are, you can always just look at a star's placements and, you know, look through all these ones. This might take more time, but, you know, you can maybe even write on YouTube which famous celebrity has their Taurus in... uh, uh, the sign Taurus in the first house and have the sun in there, you know what I mean? Which is what I have, and I, there's a few people, but I can't remember who it was. But anyways, because on the chart that I use, I think it's Astro Seek or Astro Cafe or Astro.com, they give you things like that. But anyways, so when I heard that about remote viewing, I'm like, well, okay, well, Lionsgate, Stargate, that's weird, eh? So then it made me think about the other, um, the other productions, movie whatever they're called, you know, um, those, um, the people that, uh, either, you know, pay for the actors, you know, whenever you started, this is universal, uh, production and shit like that, you know, like every Adam Sandler movie will say this is a happy Madison production with Sony entertainment or something like that. Okay. Like the Sony entertainment. Okay. Well, that maybe I'll have to look into, and there's a few I dissected, but I started thinking about them and, you know, I thought of, um, I didn't think of this one right away, but it's probably one of the most obvious ones to think about. But for minions, you'll see the little minions go, Illumination, Illumination, shit like that, right? Well, Illuminations, okay? It used to be Illumination Entertainment, but now it's just Illuminations, okay? And then um, from there, we have Universal. Um, uh, what other ones do we have that I wrote down? I wrote a little thing down that might be, it's not necessarily comical or well put together, but to me, it's a little funny. Um, but, uh, we have, uh, well, Lionsgate, Stargate, Universal, Illuminations, Paramount, um, DreamWorks, Disney, um, I think that's all that I used here for now, but, um, so what I wrote, and, so just take this for what it is, it's just a little something, but, so, so we don't reach Illumination, um, Entertainment slash Movie Productions, um, want to control the universal consciousness. Um, a movie can affect, conform, alter, control, manipulate the universal consciousness. Dreams work. Um, our dreams work so. Our dreams work so controlling universally everyone's dreams remotely by us viewing their design disney and work on controlling our destiny disney if you can accomplish this you will have paramount power now take that for what it is it was just something funny i worked uh, worked out but you know obviously i worked in all the words except for disney i put in there just because i know a lot of people talk about disney being bad blah 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 so on and so forth so but I mean, it doesn't, but Disney doesn't uh, mean design or destiny, designate, discern, dis- discernment, um, destination, anything like that. Um, I actually looked it up just to see if I could come up with anything since, you know, I figured I would say this and, you know, so maybe I could come up with other correspondence and shit like that, you know, 
this is probably how you start a conspiracy, by the way. If you start looking at the correspondence of things and then you start changing things around and going pretty far down and then bringing it all back together with your point of view, basically how you start conspiracies and shit like that. But anyways, um, the word Disney comes from a town in France called Isigny, um, I-S-I-G-N-Y, um, Wikipedia, anyways, is, defines Isigny, um, except, um, to, except to say it causes, it comes from, um, the Isigny le, le Buat, okay, so, um, which is the name of the town, or Isigny sur mer, um, which are the two different towns or places in France where the word Disney comes from. So Disney, when you look it up, it'll say pronoun, as in Walt Disney, or sorry, a last name. Um, but it has been used for... Ba- Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Baby names for a uh, gender-neutral fucking baby, basically, for, you know, those names could be for a girl or a boy. Um, but when you actually try to see what Disney means, you get uh, Isigny. Isigny is how I'm going to pronounce it, but I don't think that's correct. Isigny le buat or Isigny sur mer. Okay. So, and from there, we'll let you go any further unless you go to French and it doesn't translate it for you. You would have to keep going back and forth to translate those words in English. But because I know a little bit of French, um, I was able to do a little bit of this. So, um, the Isigny le buat, um, really spoke to me, and I'll tell you why in a second, but um, it refers to the the, le buat, and this is L-E, and there is like the in French, except French doesn't have just one, okay, the, or a, or, you know, it's, what is it called, an article or something to that, or a uh, preposition, I don't know, anyways, there's a name for that, and in French it's le article, basically, but a French version of saying that, and they have le and la, or different ones you can use but they're basically masculine and feminine and then masculine and feminine feminine and but the plural version of those le and shit like that so anyway so and then bua is b-u-a-t anyway so this refers and the word they use is a mache and uh so i'm like okay well what the fuck is a mache i had a good idea but i wasn't sure about it and um 
It's a department in France, and uh, and the word manche, when I went to read that, translates to um, uh, sur mer, actually, uh, which is French, which means um, underwater. So whenever you see exigny um, sur mer or exigny le bois, they're basically the same thing, those two words. It was weird, though, because on the, there was a um, picture of a map in France, and they were showing two different places. So initially, I assume these are two different towns with the same name, or same first name and different last names. Um, and uh, I think I might have said sur because I keep thinking sur is under, sur is on top. That is for French, under and over. So um, over water, I hope I said that right. Um, on uh, above, over, and mer, M-E-R, is a body of water, usually um, in French anyways. But it probably comes from or one of the reasons, anyways, mother in French is also mère, but it has an e at the end, M-E-R-E. I mean, people say maman as well, but mère, a frère, a um, père are all words in French for mother, father, brother. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of sister, and I can't. Sœur, his sister. Anyways, um, and you know, mère meaning water, the M-E-R way. But, uh, in, you know what I mean? In French, mer, it starts with an M. Water, blue, Mary, mother, moon, you know. And in German, actually, M-E-R also means river. So, um, whether it's sur or mer, or sorry, the word sur, S-U-R, all right? That's sur, mer, or like in su, sumer, <laughs> not sumer, because it'd be S-U-M-M-E-R. But it kind of gives you that feel, and I'll talk about that in a second. But sur, mer. Okay, is basically what's what these two words are. And S-U-R, sorry, is the German word for river. Um, and like I just said, when I looked at that first, it kind of reminded me of Sumer, as in Sumerian. Um, but that might be a stretch. But anyway, so... So the idea of, you know, the reason I said the first one, Le Bois, spoke to me, is because... Disney Buena Vista, okay, that's something you may have seen before, uh, Disney a Buena Vista company, show like that, Buena Vista translates into good view, now Buena can be used for hot or nice, generally it's kind of something along the lines of good, now, Zigni is something I haven't really was able to translate, I tried, but it wouldn't give me much, but Something I thought was kind of cool and a weird coincidence is before I did the word Zigni, which is where Disney comes from. That word, before I did it that way, I actually wrote it down incorrectly. I wrote um, Igzni, which is, you know, kind of sounds similar, but Zigni is I-S-I-G-N-Y, which you got almost Isis there, but anyways... Um, but Igsney, the way I wrote it, was kind of like Disney, the ending, I-G-S-N-E-Y. I wrote that by accident first because that's what I thought I saw. But I was just doing it phonetically in my head. And by accident, but fascinating, um, it, it gave me Ixney, <laughs> which is Latin for, you know, don't ask by like, you know, Ixney on the Ixay, you know, when you're saying, telling somebody using pig Latin, but Ixney is actually a Latin word. And the rest is pig Latin because you're saying the word backwards, you know, like, 
don't ask about the cake and don't explain on the AK, you know what I mean? Something to that effect. So, and that was kind of cool. So when I decided to put that together, because, you know, there are no coincidences, and obviously I typed that in for a reason, right? Like I said before I started this, this is how you start a conspiracy, and that's not what I'm trying to do, but just to prove my point. Um, good view, so ixnay on the good view. So don't ask about the good view. And, you know, Disney being a movie company, Buena Vista, Disney, right? So don't ask about the good view. It's kind of a fucking funny thing to ask about, right? But if you take the whole, um, the the town in France with a Le Bureau or Sumer, right? Both being river, water, underwater, or sorry, overwater. Don't ask about overwater. Well, what the fuck is overwater? Well, we can go as above, so below, right? Um, as above, you know, we have clouds up there that bring water down. There's been a lot of stories about flat earth saying, you know, above us is water, below us is water, shit like that. Obviously, there's got to be water above us because it does rain at times. And, you know, if you think about space for a second here, they say there's dark matter up there and shit like that. Okay. Um, well, what comes from space that I'm talking about today a little bit? Well, UFOs do. Well, I think angry birds <laughs> enlightened me to this little aspect. And like, uh, they all run to the beach. And they're like, well, what do you see? What do you see? Uh, I think it's a UFO. And like, a UFO? An unidentified floating object. And I thought that was fucking funny, especially when you see stories, pictures, um, artwork of flying ships, like a pirate ship, but in the sky. You know, Harry Potter, or not Harry Potter, um, Peter Pan, shit like that. So that's another fascinating thing to think about. But space itself, you know, they show you pictures of space being shown underwater because the whole zero gravity thing and you know driving up to mountains and shit and doing this and being propelled down and you know no gravity and well there can't be wind in space so why is the flag moving you know and shit like that right there's no oxygen there that's why you have the mass there can't be no gravity there well water has no gravity either or it has less gravity sorry and that's what the moon is supposed to be moon being water well that's a little fishy too right once again i'm not saying this is my belief i'm not saying what's in space is actually water but if you think about it, if space is what they say and there is no air um, and there's nothing up there, right? There's no air. Because well, the reason you can't use a propeller, a jet, a flame basically behind your jet, you know, a rocket engine makes flames and pushes you up in the air, right? Well, once you get out of our atmosphere, apparently it's like an O2, um, either nitrogen, not hydrogen, but either oxygen or hydrogen. It's like a blue looking flame. But it's O2, right? we all know you can do that with O2. Now, you have to brush up on this yourself and figure it out. But you, the thing to look for, and you probably won't be able to find it, but can O2 or nitrogen, or even hydrogen for that matter, can this uh, exist in an atmosphere that's, you know, it's not either in water or with any air around it, with any CO2, you know, or carbon dioxide or oxygen or anything like that. And, you know, First thing I would say was, well, how could anybody know? How can you test these things in those environments? Man, unless you can make a room that has no air and go in there with a mask and see if these things can exist there, you know? And obviously, I'm hoping if, you know, let's say they did fake all this, they at least did these tests so people wouldn't catch on to this. But it's just something to think about. Because it could be very, to me, it's almost just as likely that in space where all that dark matter is where most of the dark matter is that makes up the universe is something akin to water 
Because as above, so below. We know there's water below us, but there's earth below us, so there's obviously earth above us. We see these bodies, the moon, shit like that. We know there's earth up in space, but there's not necessarily any earth in our sky. But our sky is blue in the daylight, and it's black at night. And our water follows that. It reflects that picture. That's why water's blue until you go out to it, but it's actually see-through. Well, I'd be very interesting to see what that looks like up there because our sky being blue but yet once you pass the atmosphere it's all black regardless if the sun's there or not you know what i mean that's why whenever the sun goes away we see all the black because it's kind of like space reflecting itself but whenever we're closer to the sun it lights up our plane and we get this nice blue sky but it still doesn't make any sense to me a little bit because how does it light up a blue sky what around this is blue that makes it blue up there what is that? You know, the clouds block it, so we don't know what that is. And someone tells you it's the water reflecting up there. It's like, okay, well, the water reflects the sky. That's why we see blue in the water, because we know there's water there, and the water's like a mirror. So if you're telling me the sky is reflecting the water, well, then I'll say that's fine. I like that idea because it makes the idea that there's water up there even more viable because there's got to be something up there reflecting the other reflection, Right? Because otherwise, what are you telling me? The atmosphere is reflecting that. And once again, I could be sounding stupid right now. Maybe these things have already all been proven. I don't know. It's not what I study. It's just little thoughts that come to me. So if anybody knows the answers to my questions, um, by all means, send them to me. Comments, whatever. Let me know so I don't make the mistake and bring them up again and thinking I'm fucking having some breakthrough or starting a conspiracy. But... Those are the little things I wanted to bring up just now. I thought they were pretty interesting. And they all have to kind of something to do with what I'm talking about. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. About Whether it's about going into space, whether it's about alien contact, whether it's about spirits, whether it's about the Bible, deities, archangels, archons, all this shit. It all has to do with what I'm going to be talking about, channeling uh, spirits, entities, all that shit. So that's what I'm about to get into right here. I'm going to continue by continuing and reading, but uh, yeah. So I hope that it was a little bit interesting. Like I said, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. Like I said before, whenever I found out Donald Trump was getting impeached, which has yet to happen, by the way, to my defense, because I said I thought it was all just this big ploy to get himself reelected. And But when I heard he was getting impeached and being put up on trials, I, uh, I think I very small, made a segment saying, you know, I apologize. I thought he was uh, pulling a whole red herring trick and that, you know, he was just doing it as a big fake charade to keep himself in the media. And instead of people finding his dirty laundry, his conspiracies, his, you know, stuff he does bad and wrong and exposing it, well, he put his own out there so that, you know, 
everybody else can jump on his own bullshit. And then once he's proven not guilty from it or whatever the case is, then he, they won't be able to go after him anymore because anything else after that would just look like they're butt hurt and pissed off. And then when I found out he was being, becoming impeached, I was like, wow, okay. So in the new year, I started off with an apology. And, you know, obviously we'll find out closer to the election what happens because anything can still happen. And I'm not assuming I'm still right or wrong. I'm just dropping it because what the fuck do I know? But I'm just trying to prove the fact that I don't give a shit. Now I'm a big enough person to admit when I'm wrong. All right, so release hidden knowledge, evolve human race. Um, this has been part of my message, not the whole time. Um, mostly my message has been learn magic to change your life. And in a sense, and more and more I'm coming to this, but this is not initially what I knew, but recently coming to the, the knowing, especially, you know, when you think back to Grant Morrison's, um, thing and, you know, if you read any Crowley books and shit. Um, Robert Anton Wilson, Terrence McKenna, uh, or Terrence is more about the whole plant thing, but through the plants you see the aliens and shit like that. Um, but I digress, so I don't keep going. <laughs> um, it's not, uh, which is not any different, which is actually basically the same of, um, well, I don't know if I played it yet or not, but I'm going to be playing it, um, where this is the message that was received by various different people I think almost all of them are military then I think there was a couple uh, two people from own 8-bit code designators I had Sergeant CJ squares and ones translated here is the first page showing how letters and words emerge in ASCII binary code continuous protection of humanity, 49 degrees, 27 minutes north, 11 degrees, 5 minutes east, expose hidden knowledge to all, all, all caps. Fuck, I don't know if it was Sedona or Colorado, which is kind of like opposite ends but you know some to that effect but you know in this message uh the one i'm talking about it's a guy named cj uh linda mold um truth hunters anyways it's the council of five okay um that point's kind of irre- irrelevant to me um you know who it is he says it's grays you know but he saw the ufo i guess initially above him when he was driving from fuck wherever he was where the fuck was it oh shit i can't remember but they were going to colorado which is where he was going to be stationed and he was supposed to get there plugged in his gps it was 2015 when this one happened with uh colonel cj or yeah i think it's colonel cj and cj is a fake name for amenity but anyways point is they missed some time they weren't on the right track yeah, they were following the GPS, and, you know, they already saw the GPS, but, you know, it's easy to go off track, and they reroute, and music listening, kids yelling, whatever, who knows, but anyways, apparently they saw this be- this thing above them, bright light, nothing happened at that point, and then they finally got to a hotel, I think in Atlanta, but I'm not sure, maybe that's where they came from, but they stopped somewhere because they were dead tired, and they all went to bed, and uh, that's whenever 
he, whether he was in trance, whether he was sleepwalking, dreaming, whatever, that's when he got his transmission. But anyways, so yeah, the Council of Five Aliens is irrelevant to me, but the transmission interpreted channeled from the beings is what I focus on, regardless if it comes from aliens or spirits or gods or demons or deities. It's all the same. The entity contacting communication to a chosen human happens because this human is an open channel um, that they can communicate with. Now, whether that means they have specific um, things in their chart that make them that open channel, which I believe is possible, whether... um, whether at a young age, you know, because, and this kind of falls in the same category, because I believe people that can see their friends, um, their friends, their um, make-believe friends, um, people that can see spirits and stuff like that, there's a fine line there. I don't necessarily believe that the spirits and ghosts that those people can see and contact with and are walking around with people. I don't necessarily think that those are, I don't necessarily think that those are um, the spirits, the people that pass. Like, for example, you can go to a medium and that medium will ask you questions and talk to people in the audience and, you know, they'll say they see their dead mother beside them or they'll say a lady beside them and describe them or from the questions the person discerns that that's their mother and then from there, the mother tells them things that they want to know. Now, to me, I don't necessarily think that's a part of the actual ancestor or the mother that passed on. Then it is more um, that the person there who's constantly thinking about their dead mother and about the things they haven't let go and, you know, the things they worry that they never got to say to them and they wish they could just say it to them one more time and stuff like that. Um, The fact that they put that sad fear emotion into that thought constantly I believe creates a thought form and those psychic mediums can see those thought forms and from there speak to them. And those thought forms have all the shit inside of them that, you know, they regret. They basically program them with all the crap that, you know, they they worry about. They say over and over again. Every time they think about that person, they think about, oh, I wish I would have said goodbye. We got into that fight. Oh, I wish I never would have gotten that fight. And, you know, whether or not that intelligent entity that they created there okay um tells that all to the medium or the medium however the medium sees it i can't tell that to you because i'm not one but they can see all that so and i don't think it's a matter of the spirit saying you know she's telling me it's okay it's okay whereas that's a human thing this person knows they created that thought form and, and maybe not even know that that's the thought form but they see this being that's been created beside this person and they see all this information within that and from there they can tell this person who's been holding on to that who's in pain that you need to let this go she says it's okay they kind of fill in the blanks but it doesn't change the fact that they can see and feel that information now whether that actually looks like a person or spirit that physically tells them that or it's just data ones and zeros or somehow they interpret that but they can and they do and i think that has a lot to do the same thing here so these people are channels conduits um things that can energy can flow through them but not the same kind of energy as electricity or data that we use down here but um superior energy that most people can't see and use and i truly believe that when you start this path especially when you open specific chakras or whatever however you want to say that is and that's just a different way 
to say, you know, different stages of your initiation to me, whether you really want to believe these are channels in your body that have to open up or, you know, it's just different steps. Once you get over these milestones, this happens all the same to me. It doesn't matter which ones are more real or less real. But when you do start this process, regardless if you've been able to do that since you were born or not, you will start doing something similar, which means talking to people, getting bits of information that you don't know where they're coming from, but you can tell them when you sit down, you write things, and then you know the more you do that, you're going to develop that skill. But if you were to sit down and try to talk to spirits in your kitchen, see if any are there, or go places where you think there are, or try to do that with people, you know, eventually you're going to get a result. The more you practice anything, you're going to get something. If you decide this is what you want to do, and you put everything into there, and you start making sigils and doing magic for that to happen, well, then it's going to happen. You're putting all your energy into it. You're going to create that circumstance. That's what our mind does. Whatever we want or don't want, whatever we're focusing on, that's what's going to happen. So anyways, that's what I believe that these people that get these experiences are. They either have it in their chart or were born with it, which to me is kind of the same thing. Or, you know, maybe they're ascending. Maybe they've experienced something that changes them. Kundalini, whatever you want to call it. They're having this kind of awakening. And this plays into the whole thing of, I think it was Alan Watts. Maybe a few others too said it as well. But when someone's having an awakening, whether it's Jesus way back when, which, you know, I know I already said about Jesus and God and all that in the Bible. And that's me taking the Bible literally, which I don't. Um, but that was just under the assumption that I was a person taking it literally. This is what it would mean literally. And therefore, these people should not be believing in that. They should be in fear of that. Because that sounds more like a dark entity than a nice light entity to me. But in all actuality, let's say he is a historic person and had that experience. Well, there's a lot of people still having that experience here today. And they're... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Getting an ascension um, happening to them and they don't know what to do with it. So the only context they have is the Bible, which means Jesus was the only person that ever had something else like that happen to them. And it doesn't matter if they had or had not seen the internet people having 
this experience as well to them. It's not what they're going through because they haven't researched enough. If they do, they will see other people's going through it. So they will understand, okay, well, this is what's going on. Which is why we finally have a language to help us evolve now. But it took a long time and I'll get into that a bit later. But this is important because to me, this is kind of similar. So these people are having these things happen to them. They're getting these channeled messages and you know, they don't know people are going to believe it. They don't know what's going on or it's, this is how it's presented to them. Whether they actually see a UFO or not is irrelevant. Once again, it's the message to focus on is what everybody needs to focus on. Now, I think it was Terrence McKenna that says, um, I don't know if I played this one or not, but he said that, um, there was a good example he gave that, you know, um, the subconscious when things get too shitty um things get one-sided somebody gets too strong the world gets a little too unbalanced subconscious will come through and you know will kind of move things into a direction by you know connecting a bunch of people's ideas people start doing kind of what we're ha- what's happening today you know this big movement has been happening well not today but it's been you know i don't know some people say it's been since the 80s and that maybe when some of these seats started, but technically you can go back to the 50s or 60s when this started. The whole UFO started way back then, you know. And But right now we're at a point where the UFO stuff, we still haven't gotten disclosure for it. But people are saying there's more and more sightings. And, you know, once again, to me, it could be real. I think maybe these people are literally seeing UFOs. But it's because they can see energy and thought forms. Therefore, think if you think of this through, let's say what I just said. There are people out there that can see thought forms. Okay, they can see UFOs, they can see thought forms. All people, all shapes and sides. They're either born with their planets in certain places where they can just pick up these energies or they're magical people or you know what I mean. They've done magic to feel this or, you know, as they got older, they did it. They went through these awakenings and, you know, started doing things and then, you know, got with other people that are doing the same and then, you know, one person sees it, maybe the other people just pretend they see it, but they just go along with the crap. I don't know, but... If there are people that see thought forms, and you know, in the 50s, whatever population we have, it wasn't quite 7 billion yet, but now we're at 7 billion. So, at 7 billion, if you take a small percentage, you know, 1% of 7 billion is what, like 7 million? <laughs> I'm not doing that shit again. <laughs> I already did the whole 1% of selling 7 billion, and then I think I ended up being 700 million or 70 million or something like that to change the world. I forget what the number was, but anyways, point is. Let's say 1% of the world can do this or born with that. And then there's another 1% to 2% that are learning and changing to be able to do that. Well, let's say all 3% of these people can see thought forms. And today's day and age, with the amount of people putting their thought and energy and fear or love emotion into all the alien craziness... because. If you have a strong emotion while watching a movie and it's like Independence Day or Men in Black, who's to say that doesn't create a thought form? And that's the kind of idea that plays into what I was just talking about with the whole moving pictures, the whole remote viewing thing. (laughs) By us watching these ixnay on the good view thing, um, by us watching these motion pictures and, you know, movies and putting our thoughts and energies into these movies. And then what we see ends up becoming real. Well, who knows? But 
put that part aside and just assume that everybody in the new age or whatever that really believes aliens and all these other ideas, which, you know, I believe some of them too myself, so I'm guilty of it. Well, some of us create thought forms together and we have this own collective conscious thought form. Well, the people that can see thought forms, let's say second mediums and channelers that can see this shit, if they see it, but it's real to them and they see these beings. Not only that, maybe these beings can talk, they can channel. If we start believing the stories about alien contact and shit like that, then we create a home for them, a place for them, where they're from. We create their programming, what they're here for. And it's no different than what I explained about the Bible or what the magician does with a thought form and creates what they do, energy, thought forms, all this shit. So that's a little bit about that. But anyways, I'm going to keep going with what I'm writing here. Um... Control, contact, and communication. They're choosing human happens because this human is an open channel. Okay, but depending on the belief programming and intelligence, education, and culture, um, um, uh, environment is, is the determining factor to how and what the being will appear or describe or show itself as for best results. And once again, I think I already said this a few times today and yesterday about a religious man, priest, Practicing Christian would be God, Jesus, Angel, Mary, you know, someone like uh, Eoy Quedding would be, most people think a demon, but it would be either an archangel or a Norse god or maybe even Lucifer, um, Astarte, Venus, you know, a military man might be an alien um, being from another planet, um, insinuating an attack, scientists is going to see the world as a hologram or an energy or a computer computer simulation, binary, dark matter, to a pagan and witch, it could be the earth, um, earth spirits, water spirits, plants, deities, Terence McKenna, it's going to be plants, mushrooms, LSD, DMT, other realms, once again, no matter where the message, or from where, where the, the message comes from, or how either dream, um, dreams, um, writing, Drugs, channeling, divination, aliens, praying, synchronicity, so on, is irrelevant. This only matters if you want to have contact. And one of these ways, you ch- if you try, if if you, okay, sorry, contact. And one of these ways you try didn't work, then try another one. Simply put, we, we all... We're all different and have different beliefs, talents, programming, different ways of receiving messages, different environments, cultures. Even more than this, if someone receives a message and it's subtle, as I said it would be, or as it happens to me, however, want to tell the world, everyone, which most people do when they get into this, whether it's this or just getting messages from something. And, you know, it's, it's, they want to tell everybody. So you have these high military guys getting these messages, having an awakening and getting this knowledge and coming to these realizations that they want to tell people, but they can't. They have oaths. They don't want people to think they're crazy. Maybe they do tell a friend. Friends like, man, go to sleep, man. You had a dream or something like that. So in fear of, you know, getting kicked out or whatever the case, they just shut the fuck up and they leak it. That's definitely a possibility. Because they know it's important, um, would it be better um or uh, would it be uh, be better or received better by a population 
by way podcast and telling you it's subtle like i do basically um i kind of butchered that but what i'm trying to say is here what do you think which way is better by me explaining it to you with no picture no face no proof just references and you know this is how this happens i think it's how this happens or you know if it's a show on let's say gaia and um, it's a military man explaining a big thing, and you know, obviously, why would a military man think there's aliens unless there's really aliens? Or Grant Morrison saying he's been abducted by aliens, and he told them a message telling everyone, uh, he told them the message that the aliens told him, but then he tells everyone he got rich and changed his reality through magic uh, via sigil in the form of a comic, uh, like a super sigil. Or truth hunters, like I said, with whistleblowers, military people. Um, uh, military men anonymously stating alien messages evolution of mankind is the most important and release hidden knowledge aka by the way I haven't hit this yet but hidden knowledge occult knowledge you know kind of goes hand in hand kind of what occult means and saying we may be in danger or by a scientist saying um uh, world life is a computer stimulation or hermetic saying we're in the mind of God which once again to me is the same or prophets um, son, son of God saints angels speaking to us like in Bible or Mesopotamia Sumeria gods from heaven which are to me the same and now instead of cuneiform tablets or emerald tablets or Bibles Naha Nag Hammadi scrolls, Dead Sea scrolls, libraries, or nowadays using our technologies such as um, documentaries, movies, blogs, ebooks, podcasts, YouTube, um, past and present people channeling spirits, quantum physics, or magic, witchcraft, or Bible, or Egyptian, Greek, Norse, Roman mythologies. It's all the same. We are all trying to evolve our species, but without proper language and connecting the two halves of our conscious um, conscious and unconscious mind um, or trying all of these ways of mediumship previously mentioned, then new and crazier ways of getting the attention of the masses will continue. So that was a lot I said there and have to break that down possibly but we have all these old ways coming to light we have all these new ways of saying what happened days of old we have new age explaining new ways we have alien contact which has been happening if you believe the stories since the 40s and even older since the 1800s and according to the wall cuneiform um all these different uh, Egyptian, whatever it's called. I forget what it's called when they write on the wall. It's got a special name. But uh, it's been happening for a while. And, you know, now more than ever, we're able to give the message around the world simultaneously to every mind. And I made this up. So this is the last episode. This is how you're able to tell everybody and paint the picture of the world to everybody simultaneously. And, you know, everybody's mind from home, not even leaving your computer room or your living room can keep manifesting the world and reality the way everybody sees it by movies, TV, shows, reality, internet, news, all that. But now we have all these other ways and everybody's trying to explain what's going on. And 
it's hard, but it's happening. And we're trying to evolve our language. We're trying to figure out how we talk, how we get this through to people, but what's happening to us. And aliens, contact, UFOs, it's just another way, I think, to get people to evolve, to start believing in this stuff. But at the same time, there are people trying to turn it into a fear thing. That it means it's the end of times, the prophecy in the Bible, shit like that. And that's where I'm going to have to stop for a moment. But uh, like I said, I always say you won't notice. All right. So I've said this before, last episode, many times. I said either my first episode or first five, tenth, whatever. We have come to a point where we thought there was no God, no life outside our universe which one and the same and not caring about plants, animals, water air, earth um, that to get people's attention we had to go to the opposite side of polarity so from no aliens to there are aliens living among us um, gods from the bible, ancient civilizations are aliens and they have, they are among us as well. The elite royal families are aliens, just to push humans to next stage of evolution. Now, the message from truth hunters after seeing UFOs with wife, Colonel CJ goes to the bathroom um, when arriving at hotel uh, while family is sleeping, and unconsciously receives a message. From in um, in uh, is in binary apparently, and he came to the bathroom with a pen and paper and the message, and he has no memory of what happened. And you're gonna hear this all later. Now, I want to interpret that message with, and you know, I mean, when I say interpret, I just mean my opinion of what it is and how I think it's important. Not necessarily interpret word for word and you know the actual message itself, but what they tell us the message is. With my twist, which is what everyone should do with Bible, Sumerian tablets, Emerald tablets, you know, Mesopotamian shit, Hermetic principles, and all of magic witchcraft, in all of religions, spiritualities, mythologies, all, and even fiction, non-fiction books, movies, philosophy, scientific papers, everything, can everything and anything. So, basically what I'm saying, um... In there, I see I'm on my way to get my son, stepson at cadets right now. So I don't have much time, but I'm trying to get this finished up so I can honor my commitment on saying the next day, putting my part two out. And I don't have much left to write besides the message itself, coordinates, and then my opinion and some cool things I picked out of the coordinates and the numbers because you know numbers mean things to everybody. You know, me and you can both see the numbers five and eleven. And to me, that'd be my birthday. To you, that might be something significant to happen to you on a specific day. Could be your height. Could be the height of somebody that passed on. You know what I mean? Everybody can decipher something from a message. Or put those numbers together. It means seven. You can say something about Saturn. You say something happened when you're seven years old. Uh, and that's probably one of the reasons why whenever consciousness takes full effect, when our subconscious develops a consciousness, it's most likely around ages between four to seven. Um, I think four being a number of uh, Jupiter and seven being the number of Saturn. But anyways, well, that's besides the point. Um, but 
I what I'm trying to say here is every message can be interpreted by everybody and anybody, okay? So just because the one I'm talking about uh, that talks about, you know, well, it doesn't say a cult, but hidden knowledge and release it and shit like that. Um, just because it says that and whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, the occult shit I'm spitting out. But to me, that's what I interpret. Someone else, a truther, might be like, oh, okay. And most of them did. You know, they hear this because it's from truth hunters, you know, after all. But they heard this and be like, okay, well, this is all the stuff hidden. But, you know, it's not like if the aliens were talking about their existence per se, wouldn't the message have said something? And, I mean, this is just me assuming. And maybe it's just easier to say hidden knowledge because it's more broad. So instead of saying, uh, let release our knowledge, knowledge of our existence to the population, you know. They said, release hidden message. But anyways, that's what I want to get to in a moment. But what I'm trying to say is everything you hear, every message, and even if these messages have been tainted, okay, with opinions, perceptions, left, right, whatever, different religions, even if they're completely one-sided, it's still okay and even enlightening to listen to them interpret them and you know figure out what pops up in your head when you listen to it because understand the same forces that got that message and then wrote it down or let the world have it and then are within you the same forces that received that message reinterpreted it and got people to believe in their interpretation and spread it around well, those forces are also in you. And, you know, other forces that change it dramatically either back to closer to its original intent or even more to that side or both are also within you. All these are within you. So by you interpreting it, you're releasing your version of what you think it means. And that might be important to somebody. But above all, it might be enlightening and important to you. This is a good way to use your mind, your mind power. You know, using your own fucking brain is an important thing. And in my opinion, enough people don't do it enough. I've had, I had an episode before where I literally, I know some people said I insulted my own family. And I kind of did. How they just like to sit around playing games and shit. And, you know, it's not me insulting them and thinking, you know, they're ignorant just to be ignorant. They're ignorant because they don't know any better. No one does until they fucking, you know, see something that opens their eyes and allows them to have a reason to not be ignorant. Because until you know this, you don't really care if there's a point to life. You just take for granted that, you know, okay, their religion might be right, or these other fucks might be right. Who the fuck really knows which one of these fucks are right? But, you know, to me, I don't really know yet. And so until I get to a point where I have to choose or see some proof, I'm just going to do my own thing. And, you know, as far as I know and seen my parents and parents before them and heard about in the past that uh, everybody's got to work. Or, you know, if you choose not to work, you go on the system and you have to make do with less money. And, you know, that just means you have more time versus if you work while you get more money but less time so which one do you choose in all honesty now that i know what i know i probably picked the the latter i'd probably rather more uh time than money but in the same sense with my fucking clan of kids it's not always easy to pick that choice but that's why you know depending on how things play out in the next few years i'll just have find my own balance you know if that means i gotta stay on my suboxone my drug and then every so often get my doctor to sign papers to make me go on EI because I want to try to get off my dose or whatever and that means I get to take two to three years off for every year and then 
you know, manifest a bit of money so that, you know, I can survive until the EI kicks in and shit like that. Well, and so be it. Or if something else takes off or I find something else I want to do where, you know, it's worth living and I enjoy waking up to the point where I don't need this or I find a reason to get rid of it or whatever the case is, then I'll go with that. So, like, it kind of resembles what I just said. Until I have proof, I'll just do this. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now. But in the same sense... This message that I'm about to interpret says what I am trying to do. Now, like I said in the beginning, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend that this whole time I've been trying to release this hidden occult knowledge that I'm, I'm on the alien side or I was recruited by them or I am one of them. No, 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 no. I've been trying to tell people oh shit, sorry about that guys, the phone just fell. I've been trying to tell people that magic is real. And to use it to their benefit. Um, when I started, I was a stay-at-home dad, and you know, manifested ten grand to stay off, and then I got that ten grand three, four, sorry, more times, plus a few other checks, and you know, a couple other jobs on the side, and you know, ways to keep getting my EI when I wasn't supposed to, and then I got fucked up by me selling it. But anyways, the point was, I was saying, you guys can do this too. Anybody wants to do this, and it wasn't just special to being a stay-at-home dad or mom. It was, whatever you want to do, take up magic and start working towards your goal. Because you'll probably soon find out that, well, it's not what you want. Because, you know, me staying at home on EI, first of all, is not sustainable. Because you have to work to continue to get EI. But to me, that's a better solution. You work until you're available for EI. You take the EI that you paid into. And then you go back to work. When you have none left, then you take it. To me, that's a nice balance. Where you're not just on welfare the whole time. But you're not just working the whole time. You get to enjoy the years in between. You know, and even on EI, you pay into CPP and shit like that. Well, maybe not CPP, but you pay into certain things. But point is, um, uh, I can't see because I'm driving right now, but release hidden knowledge to humanity. Um, it's uh, important to evolve the human species, is kind of the baseline of this message and many other messages. And then, you know, they focus probably more on the uh, stop sending messages and beware of people bringing false gifts bearing false gifts basically it kind of sounds like a bible verse bears a false witness as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shit like that. But, you know, point is, go ahead. Point is, these things are put there for a reason, and it doesn't matter why. It is a truth show. And if you listen to our other episodes, like the next episode, um, or it was this one, she actually talks to the dude, has an interview with the dude, um, that said this, his voice is all scattered. And, you know, it sounds semi-legit. Then in the following one, she puts together two voices and makes them one and you know there's certain times where the guy's oh, kind of agreeing with her but it, would, it sounds like uh, a dialogue that's going on within her own head basically so to speak alright where's my Oe? sorry about this but yeah more or less that's what it sounds like Yeah, all I mean by that is, um, yeah, if someone, you know, if you ever had a conversation in your head and trying to prepare to tell your boss something, excuse for work, whatever the case is, okay, I don't know what you want to, you want to use as an example, but you would, you know, say stuff to them and maybe the conversation goes far, but it's whenever you explain an idea to somebody else and, you know, that person would be like, oh, yeah, no, I never thought of that or, you know, I never thought about that way what I'm trying to say is um, when somebody does this to themselves and it's not always the case but you know in a movie would even go this way too if the character is daydreaming about what may or may not happen when he's talking to his boss about a specific situation or girl or whatever he'll say it and in his head he'll be like oh I never thought about that way or you're right or you know what I mean instead of acknowledging it in a way like because you could say well that's a great that's an interesting uh, concept um, however that's something I've never heard of before or whatever. But when someone else thinks about it and in their own mind as the other person, they generally think about it in a way that, you know, benefits the other person, compliments the other person. So not only are they saying, hey, that's an interesting concept. I've never thought of that concept before. It's, oh, you know, uh, it's that's an interesting idea. I've never thought about it your way. Or, you know, that's another good idea. You know, it's kind of complimenting the other person. Um, and, and in that sense, so that's kind of what I mean by that. And you know, the first video with the other one, when she drops ideas like that, he says, "Well, I don't know, or oh, that's possible." However, I think it's more like this, and that's more likely to happen when speaking with government agents that know more about you about something. Um, versus the second time, it's two men combined into one, and you know, that's just that's just the overall tone and. Uh, that's what I understood and that's what I got from that. Now, it doesn't mean that's accurate. She could be telling the op- uh, truth or, you know, maybe it's a version of the truth that what happened, yet it's not completely how it happened. So, that's all I'm trying to get at there. But, anyways, that's that's besides the point. So, and like I said, I really want to, um, I really want to um, make everybody understand that I'm not here to this Linda Mold, nor am I trying to break down whatever she's saying or anything like that, because I think I like, um, this is obviously something that had an effect on me, because regardless if it's because I was, you know, um, having a fucking, as much as I like don't want to keep saying this, but an empathic experience 
and tapping into my body was going through a hard time because I had spent a lot of time with him every day, basically, the last couple of weeks. Well, not every single day, but giving him a ride, you know, a half an hour a day, let's say. Um, it was enough to kind of feel shit, weird shit going on. And, you know, start watching alien shit that I really don't agree with watching or think is beneficial to anybody. But, you know, I have. And this is something I watched in the past anyway. So, you know, it's part of him and it's part of me. So this is not necessarily something he's ever watched. But when it comes to watching something of that nature, I wanted to watch something I've already seen before. So... So to me, it couldn't do any more fucking damage, basically. Was how I was, I guess, thinking. Um, subconsciously, anyways, because not consciously, because that just came to me now. But so I'm not tearing her up or calling her anything, because I have no idea whether that happened or not. This is not an expose. This is not an episode to to further push my point that aliens don't exist. I'm simply just telling you what I think. I don't necessarily think these things are exactly real. Um, and if they are. They would only either expose themselves to those they want to, which seems to be the case, and or, like I said, if people can see thought forms, servitors that are created, you know, well, thought forms, egregores, let's say, then anybody sensitive who's able to see those things would see them. But let's just take it in a different direction um, before I keep going, um, I guess. Well, actually, first, before I do that, I want to just state that you know, what I'm saying, what I meant by her talking, because I don't know how clear I've been coming. So if you're having an internal dialogue with someone who you want, you need to have a conversation with, whether you're acting and you're playing out the roles, whether you're trying to ask a girl out and you're playing the dialogue, that's her dialogue. And, you know, obviously in your head, it's going to go way better than the way it should be, the way it's going to play out in person. Because she's not going to be like, oh, yeah, I think you're fucking hot. I really want to fuck you. So, yeah, I'll totally go out with you. You know, but that's something in your head you might be like fucking thinking about or saying. Point is, that's that's what I got. The first video with the CJ voice sounded way more legit than the second one when she mashed the two guys together. Now, that doesn't mean what she said isn't true or isn't real. She's done a lot of good work. She's done a lot of work way longer in any movement than I've ever been in, like times a hundred so she's been in this more longer than i have so if you take her out of your word which i had no reason not to so i will she mashed those two um interviews together as one person for an anonymity and you know when doing that when maybe going in between the two guys um the responses and maybe when she just put in her own responses and then continued on but it really does sound like you know if she was having a dialogue in her head or trying to, you know, get her point across better, then that's how it would go. Because, like I said before, any government agent or military man who's seen these things versus her, someone who's just exploring them, who hasn't necessarily seen them, her ideas are her ideas. And what they've seen is what they've seen. And they have their own ideas. So for them to just be like, well, I've never thought about it that way. I find that very unlikely, but it's not impossible. But, you know, just because the fact that they have to actually seen it, heard from them, spoke to them, and all that. So she's just getting third-party information to come to her conclusions, which is fine. But they've had the first-hand knowledge. So 
And that's why in the first one, when the guy said, whenever she does that and, she, and the guy says, well, that's possible. So to not hurt her feelings. However, I think it's more along these lines. And like I said, you'll hear it after. And if I can, I'll record the second one. Just so you can compare. And once again, this could be a trick too. Because um, it's kind of like a, a reverse NLP. And that's not the right term, but I can't think of the right term. But by the same person giving you something that's fake and the same person giving you something that's real, um, you focus more on the real. Because be like, wow, okay, this is what she looks like when she's lying. And then, so this means by default, this looks like what she looks like when she's telling the truth. Therefore, this is the truth. And this can be doctored and faked. Once again, I'm not saying that. I have no idea if any of this is real or fake. I just know. I just know what I know. I know what I believe. And until I'm either proven otherwise or coming to some better knowledge or see something then it doesn't really matter to me. Um, but if you need people to become believers, you know, everybody's going to believe in other ways. I'm the kind of guy that I clearly believe in occult stuff without even having to see aliens. I'm not the kind of guy that needs to see things to believe it. I did, however, have to do magic to know that it would work um, before I just started working. But... <sighs> You have to have belief in what you're doing for it to work. Because if you don't believe in it, then you're constantly going to be thinking about it. And like, when's this going to happen? When's this going to happen? When's this going to happen? Um, you won't be able to let it go. And even more than that, you know, things are going to get... Um, but anyways, I'm not going to go into that. A point I'm trying to make is I do believe in a lot of things. I believe in a lot of different magics. I believe in a lot of different ancient civilizations. I believe in a lot of things very very out there things um to a lot of people my family even looks at me crazy yet they can believe in a mythical character from the bible and the old testament god and all that shit which i'm going to get into in a second here but again but but to the way oh, the way they portray alien life aliens coming down harvesting genetic fucking shit um trying to um, you know, talking about our bodies as canisters and cans and our soul as a residue. And every time the soul leaves the body, it leaves a residue in the body. Well, it doesn't really make sense. Um, and that's in the second one as well, because it says there's always residue left in the canister. But the canister is the body. The body doesn't get recycled. The soul does. So to a sense, it says, okay, well, the soul does the same thing. That's a good analogy if you were saying the body is being recycled, but you're not. You're saying the soul is being recycled. So... Apparently a bit of the canister rubs off on the soul. And um, from there, that's why we can have past lives and shit like that. Because your soul has every life that's ever been a little bit of residue on it, so to speak, from the canister that it was in. But anyways, that's besides the point. The only thing I wanted to say was just, well, not the only thing I wanted to say, but I just wanted to clarify further what i meant it's a dialogue going in linda mold's head and then she's portraying it as her having a uh, conversation with two different military men that she uh condensed and put into one and you know fucked up the voice so you couldn't make it up for their own protection oh which is quite convenient for all alien conspiracies um yeah, whatever it's the people on stage 
claiming to be whistleblowers and saying the reason more people don't come out is because they're scared that they're going to get killed. And, you know, I could get killed for saying this information. And then, you know, a minute later, it's like, I don't care. I'm done. I'm willing to go to Congress with this. And, you know, a couple of minutes later, it's like, oh, we've seen people actually get killed for getting out this information. And then, oh, it's just nothing. I'm protected. You know what I mean? Just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they go with, like, the crowd's responses. But the problem is, you're going with the crowd, and you got the crowd on your side, and that's fine. But then you, if you publish it on YouTube... Uh, not the entire crowd is as uh, polarized as you are or as you're trying to convince them to be. Um, and, you know, sometimes you may not have people that aren't polarized like that. Um, it's very easy to get people on your side, even if you contradict them, especially in, uh, when you're face to face. But me as a third party going into these things depolarized, so I don't attach feeling to anything. It's very easy for me to find what I think are loops, holes in their ideas, um, fake shit, whatever going forward. And this is one of the things I advocate is what I'm advocating here for is you can, oh shit, you can watch these things. Now from, from the point I started this to now in uh point I started my podcast to now, it's probably been over six months. And that is relevant because I'm all of a sudden looking at alien stuff. And if everybody or anybody or at least the majority of the people that listen to me, had they started their initiation from the book, Cabal, the Great Work of Self-Transformation, we're worried about now would be a little bit past a six-month point, which in the book says the grades last that long. So that everybody would be done the neophyte. But not everybody had started whenever I started. I think it was June or July of this year when I started it. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, fucking coffee. Um, but so right now being February of the new year, let's say uh, let's pretend I started in July. Well, from July to December would have been the six month mark, and right now it's two months past that, so we're at the eight month mark, give or take weeks, days, whatever. So now I'm going back into conspiracy stuff and it's not that i'm doing this on on purpose or intentional it's just where i'm going but if you stop and think about it to me it's just like okay maybe people (sighs) are fairly depolarized now to the point where they can handle this shit and look at things objectively and start coming up with their own conclusions now even though i was done my neophyte um everybody knows i'm like i'm on the second act um, elemental grade, but I'm not, uh, that's three grades in basically. And I'm only now looking at alien stuff because, well, that comes back to that whole fear of spirits. You know, just because you're over a fear doesn't mean that that fear still doesn't have a little bit of, you know, I don't want to say a hold on me because I don't think it has a hold on me, but I, I don't know how to put that in a different sense, but all I'm trying to say is I'm looking at this again. And I'm trying to provoke people to look at this stuff because there's a message here that's important. And I don't know what that message is. But it's not the message they're trying to portray. They're giving you a message that might have some meaning to it. But it's all the other stuff they're not saying in that message that actually is their message. All right, so... I wrote down the message. 
before I just keep going on and on. Um, it goes something to the uh, to the effect of this. Um, Continuous protection of humanity, and that's 49 degrees, 27 minutes north, 11 degrees, 5 minutes east. Exposed hidden knowledge to all citizens. Advancement imperative to planetary survival. Beware of Orion 1350.3, D reticuli 39.1, and then there's a question mark, and that's from the translator. Uh, number 70, I think it is, um, and then avoid in uh, brackets with signal, because that's what the uh, interpreter assumed, so avoid message sent, and, you know, then they go on to say, this is what I mean by, I think they focus on other stuff, they want you focusing on other things more than, you know, the hidden knowledge, because to me, and, you know, to a lot of people nowadays, anyways, the uh, the statement saying um, hidden knowledge to me, I mean, it could be just because that's what I study is hidden knowledge, right? Occult knowledge to me, that's that's pretty plain to see what the fuck that is. Oh, shit, that um, and you know, that's what I that's what I get out of it. That's one of the most important parts. But that's probably not necessarily what they're going at. I think I've already said this before. The hidden knowledge that they want people to think is everything the government hid from them. Um, and, you know, I don't want to see anything bad happen to anybody, to the world, to humankind, to fucking anything. Um, but, you know, I said this Bible story thing at the beginning. Where my main point of what I said about the Bible, God, Old Testament, New Testament, Jesus, and Revelation and that they're going to come back and either kill us and tell us where to go, or we've already died from some anomaly, or it's just the end of time, the sun blew up, and we're all done, and then they come back and split us up. Well, I'm not here to say if aliens are real on our side, and they're trying to protect us from that, but that's one way you can take it, and one way I've thought about this, and it's probably the way I like it the best, if I was to pick a way. The other way is, you know, you can use this as a ploy to say, all right, we're the government, and we admit it. The whole Jesus thing is real, and Jesus and his dad are about to come back, and that's the hidden knowledge they want us, and this is how we're going to evolve, and you know, they're really aliens, but coming back, and here's all our doctored proof, and blah, 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 blah. Um, either one of those I don't think is actual, real, but I wouldn't put it past him thinking it but if i had to pick it'd be the second option because that yahweh is a hell of a motherfucker um be aware of orion now i know raw i know horus i know you know and orion's there too somewhere but uh, orion's belt is the three kings which is where the the Mere pyramids were you know made after and i don't think orion's a bad guy but i think i've heard stories about orion being horus's son and, you know, people talking about Jesus having a son, which is Satan, Lucifer, and shit like that. You know, talking about Ryan coming back. Well, it could be devil coming back. I'm just telling you the extent of the fucked up stories that could happen. And I don't want anybody to buy. So I'm trying to release the hidden knowledge that there might fucking come at a point and try to pull over everybody's eyes. Now, is there a God of the Old Testament and his son coming back? 
to mankind. Who knows? I mean, the old Sumerian fucking claims um, say that they might come back one day and, you know, do whatever. And if you believe such things, then great. Good for you. Um, there's a lot of things out there in the new age that also try to push that our new age is going towards a Christian and I say our, and then it doesn't mean I'm necessarily new age, but I use the new age community to learn what's going on, what people are starting to think nowadays and how much people don't know about the older stuff that people are just either assuming or passing off as, well, this is what happened way back when, you know, which may or may not be true. So I use the new age to know, get a little uh, ruler stick, a guideline of what to maybe talk about, what maybe to not talk about, what maybe is going on. And I can see overwhelmingly both sides. You see people that are fighting, think New Age has been infiltrated by Christianity or it's been a fake movement to get people on a different type of Christianity all along. Or it's been hijacked by the extreme opposite side and it's really just all demon worship and eventually leads to going to hell. Which kind of are one and the same, but anyways. Um, my point of all that is is this message that was given, the hidden knowledge thing. I like it. And what I derive from it is probably not what it's meant to do. What it's meant for the public to see or whatever. And I don't care what it's meant to see. That to me is the same relevance as what the Bible is meant to do. Whatever the Bible is created to do. What are the Roman Catholics created to do? Jesus came down or not? Whatever those stories were meant to do for us is irrelevant to me. What that Bible does for me is relevant to me. So what I mean is I take those stories and I flip them and change them and use them in the way that I can. As do I do with stories like this and other stories. Like I said, interpret everything you get because you don't know what's what. Yeah, all I mean by that is, um, yeah, if someone, you know, if you ever had a conversation in your head and trying to prepare to tell your boss something, an excuse for work, whatever the case is, okay, I don't know what you want to, you want to use as an example, but you would, you know, say stuff to them and maybe the conversation goes far, but it's whenever you explain an idea to somebody else. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And, you know, that person would be like, oh, yeah, no, I never thought of that. Or, you know, I never thought about it that way. What I'm trying to say is um, when somebody does this to themselves, and it's not always the case, but, you know, in a movie would even go this way too if the character is daydreaming about what may or may not happen when he's talking to his boss about a specific situation or a girl or whatever. He'll say it and in his head, be like, oh, I never thought about that way. Or you're right. Or you know what I mean? Instead of acknowledging it in a way like, as you could say, well, that's a great, that's an interesting uh, concept. Um, however, that's something I've never heard of before or whatever. But when someone else thinks about it and in their own mind, as the other person, they generally think about it in a way that, you know, benefits the other person, compliments the other person. So not only are they saying, hey, that's an interesting concept. I've never thought of that concept before. It's, oh, you know, uh, it's that's an interesting idea. I've never thought about it your way. Or, you know, it's another good idea. You know, it's kind of complimenting the other person um, in, in, in that sense. So that's kind of what I mean by that. And, you know, the first video with the other one, when she drops ideas like that, she says, well, I don't know, or oh, that's possible. However, I think it's more like this. And that's more likely to happen when speaking with government agents that know more about you about something. Um, versus the second time it's two men combined into one and you know that's just that's just the overall tone and uh, that's what I understood and that's what I got from that now it doesn't mean that's accurate she could be telling the opposite uh, truth or you know maybe it's a version of the truth that what happened yet it's not completely how it happened so that's all I'm trying to get at there but anyways that's that's besides the point so and very complicated. The first time someone in a serious government capacity talked to me about one of the alien presences on Earth was a Washington, D.C. military source. He claimed firsthand interaction with at least one type of non-human like this one. He agreed to talk with me off the record about the gray type that he knew as Ebens, all caps, a government acronym standing for extraterrestrial biological entities. The military source told me that this drawing was, quote, almost like a photograph of an Eben, close quote. The only difference is the Eben skin color is cement sidewalk gray. I have also been told that among the variety of gray skin non-humans, some have been observed to change colors to cream, brown, or pale green, depending upon feeding schedules. The even eyes are not sharply slanted, but are almond-shaped with dark brown irises. I ask if the ebens have vertical pupils like a snake underneath their brown eye surfaces, as some human abductees have described from encounters with gray types. The government man seemed unsure but stress that the Ebens have pear-shaped heads, not triangular, with pointed chins like some other gray types that are not 
friendly to humans, as the Ebens allegedly are. I also understood that the Ebens, greys, tall, pale humanoids, and reptilian humanoids all make biological androids programmed for various functions by their ET makers. He said that the original source of the Ebens is a desert planet orbiting the binary suns Zeta Reticuli 1 and 2, about 39 light years from Earth. The Eben planet skies are described as bright to dim, but never dark. This pastel drawing was done by a Colorado male abductee. In late November 1985, he and his wife in their moving car were lifted up by a beam of cerulean blue-green light from a highway near Longmont, Colorado. The whole case, with many photos and illustrations, is in my first book, An Alien Harvest. My military source told me, the Ebens are supposed to be friendly and, and do not abduct people, he said. But he had to admit to me that if this illustration by the husband was almost like a photograph of an Eben, then it meant the Ebens did abduct the husband and wife. The couple in their car were carried from the Longmont, Colorado Highway to a forest where an egg-shaped craft was on the ground, supported by angled struts. The Washington military source knew about my home box office TV project that took me to Kirtland Air Force Base on April 9, 1983 where I was shown an alleged briefing paper for an unnamed U.S. president that said, quote, These extraterrestrial biological entities manipulated DNA in already evolving primates to create homo sapien, close quote. My military source said that was true. But he stressed that no one in the American government with access to that knowledge ever wanted to be alive if or when such an announcement were broadcast to the world that humans are someone else's experimental androids and ET human hybrids. He told me that he had talked firsthand with a U.S. Air Force captain who received telepathic communication from one non-human at a crash site in the Roswell region in 1949, not the 1947 July crashes. Walking around that 1949 site, the Air Force captain clearly received mind-to-mind -mind telepathic communication from an Eben that looked like a dead body amid the debris. The captain said inside his head, he could hear crying and felt pain coming from the even body on the ground. Realizing there was a live creature communicating telepathically to the captain, higher authorities officially assigned the captain to live with the entity called EBA-1 at the Los Alamos Laboratory in New Mexico until EBA-1 died of unknown causes on June 18, 1952. That Air Force captain who lived with EBA-1 said the E.T. told him that reincarnation, the recycling of souls, is the machinery of the universe. The captain also said that one of the most important telepathic transmissions that he ever received 
was, quote, We made you. We put you here on earth. But you have to live it. Close quote. When I asked my Washington source what he thought that meant, he told me, quote, Linda, the key to everything is ET creation of human ET hybrid body containers in which alien life force and consciousness can be placed. But he did not understand the big agenda. Abductee Linda Porter told me when the praying mantis and the Eben-type beings were showing her the light tube cloning resurrection technology, that she understood it was vital to keep some soul entities in human body containers for specific lengths of time. But it does not explain why Homo sapiens sapien must be used to make hybrid body containers to perpetuate alien life force. This is my third book, Glimpses of Other Realities, Volume 2, High Strangeness, that was first released in 1998. Not long after the publication, one night in Philadelphia where I was living, I answered my ringing phone. The deep male voice on the other end spoke without introducing himself. He said, quote, I thought you should know that your new book has stirred up a hornet's nest at MJ-12 in Washington. Congratulations. And then the deep voice hung up. Since the early 1980s, after the TV broadcast of my documentary special, Strange Harvest, I have received valuable insights from two different government agency men willing to hear my questions about the alien presence on Earth and why that alien presence seems so focused on genetic harvests from humans and animals. One man was retired in Washington, D.C. The other continued assignments in the Southwest. Both said they had done work for the highly secret MJ-12 group. They both emphasized the gray-skinned Eben types with the pear-shaped heads and almond-shaped dark brown eyes are different from the smaller, thinner grays with triangular faces and large black slanted eyes. The men thought that the Ebens were, are, our allies. But they did not trust the pointed chin grays, quote, who lie to us, close quote. That was a warning. The whistleblower ex explanations of prime intelligences that make biological androids and hybrids help explain the great confusion since the 1960s when human abductees have described so many different types of beings ranging from insects to tall, pale humanoids that have blonde or black or red hair, while other alien beings are described as standing up humanoid alligators or lizards, referred to as reptoids. Government insiders say the various types of hybrids and androids are designed for various planetary tasks on our planet and throughout the solar system and even beyond the Milky Way to other galaxies. Both men have periodically given me information over the years, which I have no way to prove. But I offer now in the context of other military and intelligence voices 
who know about Earth's alien presence. To honor their requests for anonymity, I combined their information into one voice that I call Sherman in my third book, Glimpses of Other Realities, Volume 2, High Strangeness. Sherman said it was true that MJ-12 was established by one of President Harry S. Truman's executive orders in 1947. MJ-12's charter, he said, was to study the UFO phenomenon, to oversee retrievals of crash disks and alien bodies, to back-engineer extraterrestrial technology, and to study captured alien beings. MJ-12, he said, was also directed to keep the public and the media ignorant of the extraterrestrial presence at all costs, to prevent public panic, and to keep the aliens' advanced technologies hidden from Cold War enemies in the interests of national security. Sherman said that in the 1990s, MJ-12 had changed to a different letter number code that began E as in Edward II. I asked Sherman if he had personally seen non-human technology in his work for MJ-12. He said he had held an even device called the Yellow Book that was a technology like the modern iPad. Words on its screen glow yellow and three-dimensional images can rise up like the Princess Leia hologram communicator in Star Wars. Sherman said those three-dimensional images in the Yellow Book come from the Eben's ability to, quote, capture time and play it back, close quote. And he emphasized for me, I'm not talking about videos, I'm not talking about film, I'm not talking about photographs. I'm talking about literally capturing time and playing it back. The Ebens, he said, access and manipulate time streams and even have most of Earth's planetary evolution preserved in a yellow book technology. Sherman thought that the Ebens monitor the consequences of their genetic manipulations on Earth over very long time scales for whatever the big, big agenda of the Ebens is on this Earth laboratory. Sherman said that he had been told that the Ebens experimented genetically in Bhutan, Tibet, and Nepal, and then transplanted some of those altered human ET hybrids to what we call the Yucatan and Guatemala region of Central America. Sherman said the Ebens used DNA harvested and manipulated from Bhutan for another Eben genetic experiment far away to the other side of the world from the Himalayas. Then in 850 AD, Sherman said the Ebens beamed up most of the Mayan ET human hybrids and transported them to another planet for unknown reasons. I asked Sherman, then is it true that the Ebens and maybe other extraterrestrial groups, such as the Anunnaki, did manipulate DNA in already evolving primates to create Homo sapien, as I was shown in that briefing paper at Kurland Air Force Base on April 9, 1983? Yes. 
but it's a difficult subject. The Evens have been here since at least the time of the dinosaurs. And according to a report I read, the Evens collected one of each species of dinosaur and placed them either in one big planetary zoo or on a different planet. And that was at least 68 million or more years ago. So I guess they've experimented with life forms here ever since. And I said, well, what about the animal mutilations? The animal mutilations are performed by the aliens. We allowed them to conduct experiments using animals, not just cattle. I don't know if you're aware or not, but there were a lot of moose and caribou found mysteriously dead in the Arctic and Alaska. We think it was part of the Eben experimentation, but we couldn't figure out what happened. The Ebens wanted to conduct experiments, so our government thought it was better to agree to animals instead of humans. To complicate matters, in order to cover up the animal mutilations, our government launched a military program to test certain biological drugs on animals. This was to cover up the alien mutilation program. I ask, do the Ebens themselves enter pastures and cut the tissues from animals in mutilation? After we had more communications with the Ebens, they explained to us, you have to understand that for an advanced civilization, you have robots and androids to do these things. And Sherman said MJ-12 began to understand that the Eben androids could be anything. The androids can be configured any way the Ebens want for whatever mission the Ebens want carried out. The Ebens are controlling a big part of the operation concerning Earth, and we can't control everything they do. But I can tell you that the Ebens are big environmentalists. Huge. They would make the Sierra Club look like brownie scouts. They were so worried about our nuclear tests and nuclear materials being exploded and contaminating not only the Earth, but damaging other dimensions of this universe. And I said, do you mean, Sherman that our atomic bombs impacted other life forms or even other dimensions? Right. So that's one of the things that Evans were very vocal about, how they wanted above-ground atomic test stop. And boy, were they stopped. Well, from your point of view, are Evans the only non-humans that have experimented genetically on this planet? All I know is that the Evans started an experiment, but they could not keep out other space travelers. Word got out that this planet was a strange place to visit and that different experiments were not going the way the Ebens wanted. Part of the Ebens' problem might be because there are bad guys doing experiments too that might harm us. That really confuses matters when it comes to telling who wants to help humans and who doesn't. And I said, well, in abduction reports, people describe creatures that look like praying mantis insects. What are those? As far as I've heard, They could be very advanced androids, which can oversee long-term projects that last for thousands, maybe even millions of years. But I'm not certain who they work with or for. I ask, what is the relationship between the pointed chin greys and the Ebens? And Sherman said, They were enemies at one time. They were supposed to live without war today, but the Ebens have no control over the greys. The greys do their thing, and the Ebens do theirs. Well, is there a pecking order among the alien types? To the best of our knowledge, no cooperation exists between the different alien groups. And I think there was a war about 6,000 years ago between the Ebens and the Blondes over territorial rights to a planet somewhere. 
I don't know if the Eben and the Blonde War was here on Earth, or at the Zeta Reticuli, or what. So, I said both groups, the Ebens and the Blonde Humanoids, are making android creatures to do work for them on different planets? That's what I understand. Androids come in many different types. Insects, reptilians, greys, humanoid, blondes, men in black, and others. All have an advanced implanted brain that can operate on its own, or by remote control. Ironically, we think some of these genetically engineered creatures have a higher intelligence than their creators. The Ebens and the blonde humanoids know how to mix and match genomes and DNA easily. They can make robots and androids that can be anything they want them to be. Remember that aliens are millions of years advanced beyond us. Sherman said the Ebens even make blonde-looking containers that the Ebens control, while the blondes make Eben-looking container bodies that the blondes control. Think of a multi-layered chess game in which you need technology to tell you who the players really are beneath their body camouflage. And I said, well, the Eben's genetic experimentation in Tibet, does that connect somehow to the Dalai Lama? I'm thinking about reincarnation through different beings and different cycles of life. Would that concept relate to an Eben supposedly telling an Air Force captain in 1949 that recycling of souls is the machinery of this universe? And to my surprise, Sherman said, Exactly. There are only so many souls that can just continuously recycle. Through life-form bodies that are containers? Right. Exactly. Well, Sherman, if there are more container bodies than souls, what happens? I don't know. But souls are interconnected in some way. I think they told us because the Ebens have been around so long, they've learned that there are only so many souls in the universe which must be recycled. That implies a multiverse of many universes. Well, Sherman, if there is a finite number of souls in this universe, and the Ebens know that, why are we living on a planet in which there is a steady exponential increase in the number of bodies? Does that imply that not all bodies can have souls? I guess you have a point there. And I said, well, and if not all body containers have souls, would the Ebens and blonde humanoids have some stake invested in souls? Like souls could be the coin of the realm, so to speak. That's possible, I guess. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I never thought of it that way before. And I said, well, some abductee researchers, such as Dr. Leah Sprinkle, who's the Wyoming psychologist... And Harvard University psychiatrist Dr. John Mack, they reported what appears to be the same Ebens or maybe other gray types involved from human life to human life. The same alien being comes up in past life regressions at births and at deaths. I don't know. All I do know is that the soul, when the body container dies, the soul keeps some thoughts or something from that life. It was just lived. It's said in the Yellow Book that the Ebens are concerned about human souls if our particular species continued on this course. They are afraid we would damage our container bodies, and that could damage the souls. I realize the containers are the human bodies, and that was why they were so concerned with what we have been doing. The wars and so forth. They are afraid that the souls will be damaged by our containers. One of the MJ-12 guys, who had seen more of the Yellow Book, talked to me about an analogy. He said that when you put something in a container and you pour it out, there's always some residue that remains. Something remains in that soul. So when you pass the soul on in different containers, it picks up the residues of all the different containers it has been in, and a little of each remains and stays throughout. I guess there's an eternity. There's no end. I asked him, does the soul wear out after so many recycles? And he said, no, no, the souls never wear out. The Supreme Being makes sure that doesn't happen. While reviewing these pages of Glimpses of Other Realities, a research colleague and attorney, Michael Pill of Shutesbury, Massachusetts, wrote to me, quote, the notion of the soul picking up residues may explain why we have memories of past lives. It may also explain why after spending thousands of years and who knows how many wretched lifetimes trying to work out the karma from one or more evil incarnations, one can still feel the enticing charm of the dark side. Those seven deadly sins are like predators. They've got you before you realize they are even there. The Ebens say that everything that occurs in our time span has occurred before. I guess it means we're right in the middle of a huge big circle, and it goes round and round. And the way I see this is that Earth was created, and one day, five billion years from now, the sun is going to expand, and Earth will be engulfed and destroyed, and everything goes back into a big bang, and then everything starts over again. I ask, well, when the Yellow Book talked about the Supreme Being that created the universe, did 
Did it say anything about parallel dimensions or parallel timelines or anything else like that? And Sherman said, no, nothing. The aliens talked about the vastness of the universe, that there are life forms all over, Linda. It talks about a supreme being creating the souls and creating the containers and distributing the souls to the containers. To the Ebens, it's just basic facts. I asked Sherman, if the Ebens made us and put us here, there has to be a reason. Are we a garden growing containers for souls to be harvested for some reason? And Sherman answered, it's another good question. All I can tell you is that when I ask one elderly man with MJ-12 about souls and why the Ebens made us, he said, you don't want to know that. Sherman also told me that our universe is one of billions, like grains of sand on an island. But the island, he said, is surrounded by a cold, dark sea. And when I asked what is in the cold, dark sea, he used the elderly MJ-12 man's same answer about souls. You don't want to know that. Sherman some abductees also say that the main reason for the animal mutilations and human abductions has to do with the creation of a hybrid species. But no one knows whether the hybrids are supposed to replace the current Homo sapien container model. There is a sense that whatever the non-humans are up to, it has something to do with survival, theirs and ours. Sherman said, maybe. All I know is that the Ebens are supposed to have manipulated DNA in primates long before humans were created. So there must have been a series of experiments like Neanderthal before Cro-Magnon, and Neanderthal's gone, so who knows what's on the agenda for humans? You can read more about my discussions with Sherman in my book, Glimpses of Other Realities, Volume 2, High Strangers. Centuries of genetic manipulation by other intelligences was reinforced for me in 1999 by a retired Defense Intelligence Agency analyst. He said his job had been to monitor, quote, the geopolitical territorial conflicts of three competing extraterrestrial factions or species, close quote. The DIA analyst said, alien presences have based themselves in various parts of Earth and our solar system, and at least one type has been terraforming this planet and genetically manipulating Earth life for some 270 million years. Sherman had told me earlier, the DIA analyst emphasized that non-humans made the dinosaurs. He suspected the aliens either allowed or caused the large meteorite to hit the Gulf of Mexico 66 million years ago in order to deliberately erase their dinosaur experiment. What came next on Earth was the rise of mammals that led to primates and to us humans. 
The DIA analyst was especially interested in the resurrection technology described by abductees Linda Porter and others in my two-volume book, Glimpses of Other Realities. He knew about the cloning technology from his DIA work, and he described how concerned he and his superiors were about human body containers camouflaging the conflicts of an alien presence through the often chaotic evolution of Homo sapiens sapiens. Who are we really? Does someone else own or battle to keep ownership of Earth? Are humans unwitting pawns in a multi-level cosmic chess game? If so, is there an alien ally, a Prometheus or Enki, trying to help us advance more rapidly in order to survive, as Army Sergeant C.J. said in the beginning of these Truth Hunter reports? Is there truly some kind of alien threat? Like, what happens if a Zeus or Osiris or Jehovah returns? A remote viewer who worked in the mid-1980s for the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency at Fort Meade, Maryland, has some extraordinary insights about friendly and unfriendly non-humans that I'll be sharing on the next Truth Hunter. This is Linda Moulton Howe. Please stay tuned to my Gaia series for more revelations about our universe, this solar system, and the planet we live on. Abundant Earth life. We're currently experiencing the worst period of die-offs. Part two of this Truth Hunter series about alien symbols on craft and telepathic communication and binary code to humans from non-humans, we met U.S. Army Sergeant C.J. On June 30th, 2015, he and his family were stopped on a road near Wadley, Georgia. In front of them was a huge disc-shaped craft. Sergeant C.J. estimated it to be 820 feet long. Symbols at the craft's midsection were similar oh! to other symbols seen by U.S. Air Force Staff Sergeant James Penniston on a black glassy triangle in Rendlesham Forest at RAF Bentwaters Woodbridge, England in December 1980. The same triangle with circles patterns was also reported in 1803 on a disc that emerged from the ocean in Japan. After encounters with UFO symbols, both Air Force Sergeant Penniston and Army Sergeant CJ 
experience downloads of zero. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thousand ones into their minds. Both describe seeing the numbers moving right to left in their mind's eye as if on a screen. Sergeant Penniston said he consciously copied binary code from his mind onto pages in his flight notebook. At first, Sergeant C.J. was shocked to wake up in a Motel 6 bathroom, staring at the back of his letter-sized motel receipt covered with squares and ones. He knew nothing about binary code. And he did not have any idea what the squares and the ones were, or how he got from asleep in bed to standing at the bathroom door with a ballpoint pen in one hand and the paper covered with squares and ones in the other hand. After his shock, Sergeant C.J. remembered he had been having a vivid dream before he woke up in the bathroom. In the dream, there were tall, pale, gray non-humans wearing dark lenses over eyes that Sergeant C.J. said were similar to human eyes, but larger. One being even took off one of his dark lenses, and there was a crystal blue eye underneath. Sergeant C.J. learned telepathically that these beings described themselves as being from a cosmic council of five, like the Star Trek Federation. Sergeant C.J. heard thought voices in his head warned that earth humans could be in danger, that the gray beings from the Council of Five were on a mission to more rapidly advance human knowledge and technology so that humans would not be so vulnerable to attack. Sergeant C.J. told me in an interview that the Council of Five non-humans were, quote, doing what they can to try to help us. They are almost to the point where they are outnumbered, and we're going to need to assist in order to survive, close quote. When I had Sergeant CJ's squares and ones translated with ASCII 8-bit binary code, there was a warning, quote, imminent threat soon upon Earth's leaders and civilizations. 
expose and disband hidden knowledge to all citizens, employ safe and controlled joint study to all minds, progression imperative for combined survival, close quote. By February of 2016, Army Sergeant C.J. had written down five new lines of binary code that turned out to be three Akkadian and two Sumerian ancient words that roughly translate as Nabu, an important Sumerian lord, on a horse or in a chariot going from or to the city of Larsa in southern Mesopotamia, today's Iraq, returning to Earth. On May 25, 2016, Sergeant CJ sent me an email that began, quote, Woke up to go to work when I walked out to my truck. I saw three white oval-shaped orbs in the sky above me close by. I ran back to grab my iPhone to take a picture, but my phone would not zoom in. I don't know why the phone wouldn't work. Two weeks later, on June 8, 2016, Sergeant CJ woke up to write down four and one-half lines of more squares and ones in his notebook that he keeps by his bed. At the end of those lines, he also wrote, could not keep up. He says when the squares and ones are running in his mind's eye from right to left, that he has to focus very hard to keep them clear so he can copy them down before they are gone. Here is the ASCII 8-bit code translation of those June 8th lines. Your creator is D-I-S-P-L-E capital X. This is in the ASCII code. Followed by unknown and unknown and the letter Y and another unknown, meaning the zeros and ones. That D-I-S-P-L-E-X could have meant displeased. Three weeks after that, on June 19th, Sergeant CJ sent another email. Came into work early to receive first flight of soldiers coming back from Poland training. I was standing out in the field after I sent the soldiers to pick up bags when I spotted an odd anomaly in the distant sky. It came closer and I took a couple of pictures running back to my truck for protection. Then I was startled that the light was suddenly right over my head, and then almost immediately after that, two Black Hawk-type helicopters came in fast pursuing whatever the light was. That same night of June 19, 2016, Sergeant CJ was receiving more binary code but was only able to write down a few squares and lines, but wrote in his notebook that he could not stay focused. I was able to get the squares and lines translated, and there was one perfectly spelled word, arrogant. Here are the squares and ones Sergeant CJ also wrote down in his notebook, the same time as the dream. And below is the binary translation, belief as the word belief, followed by capital Q-L-L-O-W, the word all, space, 3-1, space, 77745.
Sergeant CJ said he could not stay alert to keep up with the moving squares and lines, which could explain why the second word is Q-L-L-O-W instead of A-L-L-O-W, which would be allow. And what is interesting, there is only one number difference in ASCII code between capital Q and capital A. Q is 0101 space, 0001. A is 0100 space, 0001. This may be an example of a human mind that is in a link with a non-human intelligence that knows that some people can take binary code in zeros and ones into their minds and at least be able to retain it long enough to write it down, if not always completely accurately. All of the new binary code might relate to a vivid dream that both Sergeant CJ and his wife told me they had at the same time on the night of March 6, 2016. I dreamt that I was on the ground near houses. And I recall seeing a bunch of people running away from something. I saw them looking up in the sky. I looked up as well. And I saw an oval shape. I remember a light coming down, and I tried to run from it. And then I was immersed in it. What is this beam like? It's a bright white with blue inside it. I felt completely numb and paralyzed. Couldn't move. And then at that moment, I was no longer there. And I remember there were different humanoid species. Not human. Not human. Well, besides one. The one that looked human was a male, late 40s, early 50s. And everyone referred to him as Colonel. He looked like an American to me. Slight receding hairline, light brown hair, brown eyes. He was wearing a dark blue jumpsuit, no patches, similar to what astronauts would wear on a space station. Dark navy blue jumpsuit with no identification or patches on the jumpsuit. There was a small gray alien in the room. There was a tall gray. Was the tall gray like those back on June 30th when you wrote the binary code? Yes, they appeared to be the same. There was a tall human looking blonde hair species in that room, but I never got the impression that it was a human at all. Was a few inches taller than me and I'm six one. There was a short female that also looked human but not. She was about four feet tall. A characteristic I noticed and that was a raised dark spot between her eyes, above her eyebrows. They looked like a swollen spot that was blue in color. Another one kind of looked like an incredible hulk but not quite that big. Strong jaw, very rugged looking head, broad shoulders. You're describing a scene of some sort of collaboration between a U.S. government person and extraterrestrials. Why have the non-humans lifted you up in a beam and put you in a room with an American colonel who is immediately enraged? Yes, this colonel was very angry. They chose me to be there. He didn't feel that I needed to be there. He was upset that I was even there. He actually mentioned that I needed to be extinguished which pissed me off, and I began yelling at him. I was hearing the tall gray talking in whatever language it was talking, but I was hearing it through 
telepathic. I could hear in my head everyone was saying in clear English, but none of them were moving their mouths. They told the colonel that the reason I was there was because I'm not influenced by others for making decisions for me. And they mentioned that the colonel's group they worked for had been infiltrated and being arrogant. That group is being too arrogant to realize that they are blinding the American government from something important? Perhaps. Trying to do something that the aliens don't want? It could be. My impression is that the non-humans need us to come clean, come clean with what's going on, get everybody out of the dark. One of the most important parts of your notes about the March 6, 2016 event, quoting, the colonel was still angry, and the aliens told him. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.